Holman, as I understand it, the G is silent. Uh, the G is silent, although when you look at that hashtag, it doesn't read that way. No, it's more like the jizzlent. Which is uh, <laughs> unintended consequences, but still hilariously funny. How did we start on that? Because we were so upset that uh, people say Cummings instead of Cummins? Right, and there is no G in Cummins, obviously, even though people say Cummings. So basically we decided to start a hashtag. Hashtag the G is silent. And if you don't uppercase the right things, it just looks like looks the jizzlent. It's just very odd. So why – here's my question for you. And welcome to the Truck Show Podcast, everyone. Oh, are they coming in on this conversation? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think they are. Oh, all right, hey. Okay, so I'm Lightning, he's Holman. And Holman, do you think that it's autocorrect because Siri on your iPhone thinks that Cummings is a common last name? No. Like right now, I want you to open a – No, Cummins, Cummins comes up fine in my autocorrect. Although I've probably sure typed it 4,000 times in my phone, oh, so, so I'm sure learned. it's learned. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to grab somebody else's phone. Let me try it. Hold on. No, no. You, know, you for sure have typed it. I don't know, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a notes field. Maybe it'll be different in a notes field. Hold on. I don't on. think it works that way. I don't know. Is it the same? It's uh, the same. Yeah, it's the same, same database. Same database. Let's see. C-U-M-M-I-N-S. No, it did. It did Cummins. Yeah. Huh. Well, I see something really cool. Yeah, let me. Uh, All right, here. Let hold, me see. hold on a sec here. Okay, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna show you something that's gonna blow your mind. All right. All right. I'm gonna pull out my phone here. All right. Watch what happens. I'm gonna type. Hold on. Let me lean over. I'm. Uh, you know, I am getting a little too close for our social distancing here. So you're typing in on your iPhone. Is that a notes field? Okay. C U M M I N G. Look what happens when it got rid of the G. Look at that. So it knows you. On my phone, it turns Cummings back into Cummins as it's that uh, is interesting. as proper, as I would say. So here's the moral of the story, Holman. Yep. The G is silent. The G is silent. <laughs> but you know what is not silent? Us, the yeah, show. Because show. that would be a horrible podcast. Yeah, it would if, be uh, awful. If, uh, yeah, you know, we just had... <gasps> Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we're not going to do it. We both looked at each other because we thought about it. How many April minutes? Fools? How many? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't worry. We're not going to screw with you guys this year. I think you- uh, Yeah, we kind of overdid it last year. It was I funny. don't know if we overdid it. I think it was awesome. If you haven't heard it, if you're new to the show, <laughs> go back to last April 1st show. That was one of the best shows we ever and, did. And uh, I mean, it was interesting. I thought we fooled a lot of people. If it was good. we could come up with a- Better than that joke for this year, I would do it. Mm-hmm. Well, well said. We, but we a, just a, a better than that joke yeah. this year. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I've got nothing that more creative than that at the moment. Yeah, no, neither. Have and I. I think we need to skip a year. I think so too. Because people are expecting. We need it. to come out swinging. It's going to be on a Thursday though next year. That doesn't work. No, no, no. Got to wait till it's another Monday. Yeah, sorry guys. Yeah, no it's April Fool's for you. A couple years if we're on the air that long. Hey, we've been on the air for two years as it is now. Yeah. Can you, Episode... uh, do we even announce that that we had our two-year anniversary? Uh, I think you did. Yeah. Okay, just I, checking. I, I, I don't remember did. anything that happened. I don't. Yesterday and beyond. Yeah, it's the flu. It's in your head. Is you that what I mean? it is? It's making you all foggy. No, it's just I've been in the same uh, the same room for uh, fourteen days now, and <laughs> uh, the only reason I left was to come here and see you and spend the next five hours in this room. What uh, room are you in in your house? Uh, I've got a home office. Okay, is that upstairs or is that uh, uh, upstairs? Yep. Okay, gotcha. And it looks out over the street, so mm-hmm. I can watch all the people go by. And I will tell you, how many people? Four hundred dog walkers a day. Oh yeah, literally. Like I, my, I had to turn my ring uh, notifications off. Yeah, because it was capturing every dog walker. Yeah, that's annoying. Mine is mine <laughs> went off twice since just since we've been sitting uh-huh. here. Yeah, because people are uh, at home and uh, super walking their dogs a lot more. Super annoying. All right, well, listen, this is going to be a great truck show podcast because we're checking in with. 
Bob Madison from Inova. Yeah, one okay. of our uh, one of our great sponsors, and then also Mark Nyholm from Amsoil. I know we've talked to him in now, the past. Now, why doesn't Amsoil sponsor us, Mark? Mark, <laughs> how dare you? Amsoil should be. They Amsoil would be great. Has, they have off road racers. They have motocross riders. They have. Top fuelers, they have, I mean, you name it. They've got shooters. They need podcasters. By the way, I went and bought the uh, AMS Oil uh, Lube. Oh, you did? I did. Okay. Purchased it outright. And it's wow. coming to my house. Oh, you haven't got it yet? No. You no. went on AMSOIL.com I, I had the sample that they gave out a long time ago, mm-hmm. and I was basically out of it, so I was using another brand, and I just kind of re- was reminded from our thing last week. I'm like, oh, you know what? Why not? So I, I purchased some more awesome... Uh, AMS Oil uh, Firearms Lube. Well, I hope we get a commission for the sale on your... Well, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> we paying ourselves. Well, I'm actually going to come up to uh, your office and grab some gear lube, though, because I'm going to need some of those uh, easy pouches for my uh for You're, my you're welcome to come by. Just right. sign it out. We'll sign it to, out to... I have to uh, sign it out? Well, yeah, I'll sign it out for you. All right. I've got a clipboard, and it just says what the project is. Can I sign it out with uh, my... Uh, for your F100? No, no, no. Oh, yes, yes. That's it actually, going, yeah. actually doesn't have gear lube in the back. So before that thing ever turns on, we should probably fill the <laughs> yes, dip up. That would be bad. It does say no oil on the diff right now, though. So. Uh, yeah, it does. Yeah. And it's got the little red thing around the. Um, it's got the do not drive. Yeah. Uh, it's like a placard. Yeah. On your steering wheel. Yeah. Don't don't do that. Not that you could. Right. I mean, it's a futile attempt at this point. Not that you. Not that you could. But it's going to get done at some point. Uh, hopefully so, this year. If we get the green light on the stuff yes. that you're trying to get us yes. for SEMA, I think we debut. Your F one hundred there. Yeah, that would be awesome. Okay, I would love that. And I'm you have my commitment that I will. Should we turn do the wrenches. podcast in the bed of the truck? <laughs> I, I don't know why it would make it any any better. It would make us taller. Uh, actually, okay. not that much taller because it's lowered. No, I want somewhere official at SEMA where we're in some kind of. Is the of truck like, in front of us or behind us? No, neither. It's on the sides. Oh, okay. It's it's it, we, we're flanked by trucks. I'd like to have mine there too. I think you should bring your truck there, all crusty. You know, I would take it exactly how it is with new wheels and tires. Well, we're gonna and have a discussion. We're gonna have a discussion. Maybe we'll do this later in the show. I want to ask your opinion. Okay. Okay. So we got to start the show, but before we do, we need to thank Nissan. All yep. right. All right, so look, this is a great time. If you can sneak out of your house just for a little bit, <laughs> go down to your local Nissan dealer, assuming that they're open. And or, if you can't, NissanUSA.com. I was just going to oh, say, okay. you got to go on the website because you can salivate all over the the, uh, the new Titan. And the Titan XD, 400 horsepower. It's not an upgrade, dude. 400 horsepower, standard. Yeah. With uh, the 5.6 liter endurance V8. Most standard horsepower in its class. And uh, check out that new 9-speed automatic transmission, uh, that new bold look, all LED lighting, that... Uh, richly appointed new interior, that huge nine-inch command center. I want you to look at the front of the grill, and I want you to go, oh, yeah, that is a giant T in the grill for Titan. You're still enamored with that, aren't you? Because I usually take pride in seeing the little, like, I go to Disneyland. The details. I go to Disneyland. You find the hidden Mickeys. I'm trying to find the hidden Mickeys, like, the whole thing. I love it. And I, for some reason... I've been staring at Titans for years, and I and all you of a just sudden, now saw the T. I don't know. It was a couple months back, and I go, "What? That's a T? What? <laughs> what? How did I miss so, that?" Somewhere there's a Nissan designer smiling. Yeah, going, "Okay, good. Somebody saw it." Here's the one thing that you won't get from the website, where you really do have to uh, go down to your Nissan dealer. That exhaust note. I mean, we did on our bonus episode, Holman. Oh yeah, I stuck the microphone out. It came through a little bit. Well, also, we had the revving between segments. I don't know if people realize that was the Titan V8 revving, and it sounded really good. When we listened back to it, I'm like, damn, that thing sounds good. It's throaty. Yeah, it is. And the moral of the story is, if you can get down to your local Nissan dealer, do it. If not, go to NissanUSA.com. And make sure you hear that throaty V8. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we can't forget our friends over at Deck. By the way, have you heard of the hashtag Tetris Challenge? 
No. All right. So the Tetris. Is it about the old school 80s video game? Sort of. Uh, it started, I'm not sure how it started, but like military teams have, and search and rescue helicopters and all these people have done these things where they pull out every piece of equipment that goes with the, the, the aircraft and they lay it out so it looks like a bunch of toys like laid out to show you everything that goes in it, like it's all unpacked. Okay. So hashtag Tetris Challenge. Okay. Decked did that with one of their uh, uh, cargo boxes. And so on uh, Instagram at Decked USA, they say, we went a little overboard with the hashtag Tetris Challenge. <laughs> There's something about it that satisfies the little bit of OCD in all of us. And if you swipe right, uh-huh. you can see all the stuff that fits in a deck drawer or a deck box. How do they put that all that cool? stuff in there? Isn't that awesome? Like, you'd have no idea how much stuff it fits unless you see it. So head over to Decked.com or on social at Decked USA and uh, check out their hashtag Tetris Challenge where you can see all the stuff you can shove inside of a cross box, a D box, a drawer, all the good stuff uh, for your van or pickup. Secure, ergonomic, weatherproof, and you can put 2,000 pounds of payload on top of the deck system. Don't forget lockable. I didn't. I mean, I was just going to save it for our next conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, we can't forget our friends over at Innova. Innova.com, the purveyors of awesome OBD2 and diagnostic equipment. Check them out, Innova.com. In does, fact, it say, does it say purveyors on their website? Absolutely oh, somewhere. Okay. I don't know. I, I, I think they're purveyors. <laughs> okay. Purveyors of information, uh-huh. diagnostic information. It's going to be a great show, we promise. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. What the truck Cause truck rides with The truck show We have the lifted We have the lowered And everything in between We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel And the ones that run on gasoline The truck show The truck show The truck show It's the truck show With your hosts Lightning and Holman uh, I've got a question for you. Why are we all alone in this big building? <laughs> that is weird. <laughs> uh, nope, that's not the question. Uh, oh, uh-oh. I feel like this is not going to go well for me. <laughs> I want to find out why you think you get to... Uh, you know how there's a thing, a stolen valor, where people put on like military uniforms and pretend that they're somebody important to get, I don't know, sympathy and, and a hero's welcome from other people? Yeah, and that's awful. What am I, what, what am I wearing that... I don't deserve to be wearing. Uh, it's not what you're wearing. It's just that you have a hashtag stolen birthday. What the hell? Your your social media. You post a picture and you go one more year or something, and like fifty people are like happy birthday, so happy birthday. Here, and I'm here's like, the thing. And I got on there and I'm like, it's not his birthday. He just had a birthday in December. So did my dad. He doesn't get to have another birthday. So did my dad. My stolen birthday. Did my dad when it's on my Facebook right. page? Right. I want to know what happened. I'll tell you exactly what happened <laughs> because. It's wrong, pal. And I want to call you out publicly that you don't get to have a second birthday within four months of your other real birthday. I agree 100%. And everybody who's listening who sent you a message of happy birthday and way to go, do not believe this man. He is a lying liar that lies. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) So first off, Uh I was on my page. Yes. And rarely do I go to my own profile. Okay. But I just was... I'm like, I'll tell you right now, your story's already fishy. It's not. Okay. It's not. Okay. I, okay. I'll tell you. Well, I feel like you're off to a rocky start. Y- you know that I just launched a group page. I do know okay. that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So 
I was in the mindset of like, I just feel like I need to refresh some stuff. So I clicked okay. on my own profile and I looked at it and it was you and me on our on my page. Okay. So it was you and I yeah. um, in front of uh, a 2019 Nissan Titan. Okay. I felt like it had run its course. Great photo, great truck. It's you and I with the pod, with the uh, um, uh, iPod, iPod, yep. the old school iPods, and we yep. do. It just looked like a cheesy pose. It that, was. That it was how we started the show. Yeah, but it, it need. So I felt like it needed okay. a refresh. That's fair. So I went. I clicked the button that everybody does. Yeah. And it says you have your option: upload or use existing photos. Oh, so you said use existing photo from your birthday to no, fool I people. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. So when you go to your photo yeah. gallery, yeah. you go to. You're looking at a sea of photos. Yes. There's my kids. There's me and. Yep. I saw one of me, and I'm just standing in front of a gas pump, and I go, that's pretty innocuous, and I click it, and that was it. I had no idea that when I had put that up <laughs> uh-huh. two Decembers ago or whenever it was- A likely story. No, there was a hashtag, one more year. Right. I didn't know. No, dude, open up your Facebook page <laughs> no, I'm, and look I, Trust right me, now. I already did my investigative work on this. And I, so it I, was innocent. I went out there and I told people on your page, don't feed into this man. He's a liar. Well, why do you think it was sinister? <laughs> because you wanted to get birthday cake. No, see so that. <laughs> you were hoping, I know what it was. You were hoping that while you were locked in your house, somebody would bring you food, take pity on you because it was your birthday under quarantine, and they would deliver toilet paper, paper towels, and foodstuffs. So first off, I am anything but locked in my house. Uh-huh. I have been at work Every day this week. Okay. I'm not looking for anyone's sympathy, nor am I looking for birthday wishes. And, and to that point- Well, you got them, pal. I didn't get that many. All right, here's the deal. Go back to that If post. you are listening right now, and you sent any kind of birthday wishes to Lightning, just don't do it later this year when it's his real birthday. That's all. You've already put that out in the universe. You're good. It was on accident. You you saw that as, as soon as I saw my father who said, it's not his that, birthday, folks. I, yeah. I immediately was going, I, where are they getting this? It was a little bit, that was a little bit funny. And I and I look and I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, I didn't even see this. And uh-huh. and what kills me more? What it was? I I always hide them from my timeline. So whenever I put a new profile photo, you don't want header, it going out there that you changed your. So thing. I always say hide from timeline. Well, freaking Facebook shared it anyway. I literally <laughs> pressed the button hide from timeline, uh-huh. and it didn't. I was like, what's that deal? And I did it with my work one the other day too. I changed the the po- the, the photo at work, the uh-huh. header image. And sure enough, even after hitting high ah, from timeline- I feel like you're awfully defensive. Well, you attacked me, <laughs> ass much. Uh, did you see I updated the Truck Show Podcast Facebook page photo? No, I did not. Well, it's different. Let it me wa- take a look. It was from our 500 five-star party, and now it's from our recent photo shoot to uh, promote year three of the Truck Show Podcast. That's not a bad photo. That's not bad, right? I'm a little- Your eyes are open. I'm a little, yeah. (laughs) I don't know what's with that. By by the way, if you guys had any idea how many photos I have of Lightning smiling with his eyes closed. What is with that? I don't know. What's wrong with me? You have a couple, there's a couple defects. One of your defects- Oh, I have a lot of defects. Well, the ones that I run across a lot are the ones where you close your eyes while taking pictures, Mm -hmm. uh, and then you've got the- uh, the thing where you drive a Mini Cooper mm-hmm. uh, and that you hate trucks. That's a d- well, don't even know. <laughs> no, I drove a truck here. <laughs> yeah, do you, you, that, another one you don't own. It does. I, I own a truck now, <laughs> and I have a pink slip. No, you have what? Yeah, what? <laughs> I got it. Okay, I got it. So this whole thing got us to the final freaking. I, why do I have to pry out of you? You finally have a pink slip. Lightning, what is wrong with you? I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I got All the right. pink slip, dude. Straight up, sitting Congra- on my desk. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm stoked. Uh, oh, you want to, speaking of registration, 
The California DMV is completely closed down. It was not able to order my new plates for the uh, jail. Oh, you decided on a plate. I did, and there's nothing I can do about it. Hold on a second. No, I can't. Wait a second. Nothing I can do about it. You did not tell me what your final decision would be on your plate. I didn't. I can't order it. I'm not going to tell the podcast, because then people will go screw me out of it. No, they won't. Tell me what it was. Nope. Just have to wait till I bring it home. That's going to well, be Well, you got to wait till I order it. <laughs> All right, so once yeah. you get the confirmation, you're going to... Is it the one that I love? Please tell me it's the one I love. Please. I don't think so. Ah, oh, dude. Guys, although I did help you with ideas for the plates on your truck, I thought we came close. I think I'm uh, same boat. I want to tell <laughs> I want to tell you guys yeah, what it now is. Now you know how it is. Yeah. The one that you offered, uh-huh. you're on a roll right now. Uh-huh. You, you named a, a a group page. Uh-huh. Uh for the old morning show. Yep. I launched I, one yep. of those. I guess we don't need to tell people about that, but um the uh, yeah, we just throw it out there. Uh, if you're on Facebook, check out the uh, Kevin and Bean Social Club. Social Club. Kevin and Bean Social yeah. Club. We just launched it yeah. uh, just last week. I came and, up uh, with that idea. You did. That was your idea. And uh, the plate that I love most. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. have you have one. I've got the uh, plate that the I name. do. And then I, I still am trying to figure out the right one for the F100. But, but that's the one for your Jeep. Yes. That The one that I've told you over and over and over again is the best. Uh, and I'm telling you that if you get another plate, I'm going to tell our listeners- about the one I wanted you oh, to no. have. No, when I get my plate, they're going I'll to go through the me. list. They're going to agree that mine is the best. They might. Then how is that okay that you're not choosing hey, it? You don't know what I chose. Is, is the one that you chose one of the vanity plates that, that we discussed? Yes. It's one of the ones we discussed. And on that note, I think we should get into our, uh, <laughs> our first guest. Okay. Hey, if you guys have, if you have any suggestions mm. for my plate, again, as a re- quick refresher, it's a rusted out 1966 Chevy C20. It's eight lug. And I plan. Big window. It's a big window. And I plan to drop a Duramax in it. And I have, I already gave you the best name possible. Uh, let, it's pretty solid. But don't crap on them. Let's I'm not. See if, let's I'm see not. if they can come up with something right, well, better. If you guys have an idea for the Jeep, since obviously I can't do it. Because the DMV's closed, so maybe I can change my mind. Send it my way. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. 66 Chevy C20. Rusted. <laughs> Chances are, I if all goes as planned, knock on wood here. Hold on. That's, I think that's, that's laminate. Wood. It is a laminate. There's, <laughs> there's some kind of like a particle board underneath. Yeah, it will, hopefully, it will, hopefully it will have a Duramax in it. If not, it'll stick with the uh, Mr. Goodwrench, the 1999 Mr. Goodwrench 350. But uh, I've got some more ideas yeah. for that truck, by the way. I haven't stopped. How about save that one for later because I want to get into our first guest. I'm up for that. What do you think? Uh, parts department? I think so. Yeah, parts department. It's going to feel nice having uh, someone on the show other than us because we're the only people in this building. Uh, this is the first time I think we've ever come to the studio where we turned off the building alarm mm-hmm. to get in. Unlocked it. Now, yeah. you didn't have a key. That was weird. So it's all key fob. It's all key fob, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. The whole building is locked up because of our current situation, but because the podcast is media, we're in the building. Oh, really? We, yeah. need, like, uh, we need like those media tags like NBC4, Nightly oh, no, News. No, 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 no. Like, you no, know, no. Fedoras those... with the press in oh, the- Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we need. Like in those uh, bad 60s and 70s Podcast. movies. Right? You know, do you think anybody <laughs> would take it seriously? I mean, they don't now. No, no one's <laughs> ever going to take it seriously for any reason ever. Well, uh, that's the way I like it. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's dial Bob Madison from Innova. One of our fine sponsors, by the way. Hello, this is Bob. 
Lightning and Home and Truck Show Podcast. Hi, guys. How are you? We got uh, Bob Madison on the phone, Director of Technical Services at Innova, but you can't talk until we play your jingle. Don't move. Welcome to the parts department. Screw, nut, filter, oil, grill, tools, wheels, tires, brakes, lights, gears, belts, and your wife warns you not to. Don't you spend our money. And then you want to come back. Hey, Bob, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you very much. Sorry about that intro. Everyone gets one. Yeah. Great. Well, we just wanted to uh, thank you for being one of our uh, lovely Truck Show podcast sponsors and uh, figured we'd get a little uh, deeper dive into Innova and the products that you offer, uh, especially for those of us who uh, just like to use black electrical tape over the uh, check engine light instead of actually doing something about it. I thought that was kind of a lame thing at first when you you told me, and Uh then I was speaking to some friends, and that's like (laughs) a thing. It is a thing. It's a thing, putting black electrical tape. I would never do it. I, I, I would drive me nuts. Knowing that there's something wrong with your car, just driving around with it. For sure. It's far more common than any of us would would like. But Innova has been in business for over 30 years making diagnostic products. Uh, We have a full line of uh, code readers and scan tools for cars all the way from 1982 up to today. Uh, We also make timing lights and and all kinds of other good stuff to help you get your car back on the road. Okay, so... In the jingle, we talk about our wives being upset potentially because we're buying car parts that maybe we don't need. But this one is insanely helpful, but it could be daunting. And I want you to let's start off talking about that. The average person gets a a check engine light and they immediately think transmission, something $4,000. You know what I mean? It's going to be expensive. Except they just left their gas cap off or something like that. Well, there, 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 there we go. So. It's not always expensive, and it and it oftentimes it's something you can repair yourself. How do you speak to that when you're talking to potential customers, saying, "Don't be scared of a check engine light, or don't be scared of reading your own codes off your OBD port." Yeah, it's it's much easier than anybody would think. the The port is super accessible, and if you don't know where it is, we offer uh, a guide right on our website to tell you exactly where you can find it and plug it in. the re- The one thing that our company focuses on is not just overwhelming you with problems. So it's one thing to tell your regular customer you have a PO301 code. That's just gibberish to them. Our goal is to take you to the repair. So instead of telling you what's wrong with your car, our goal is to tell you how to fix your car so you can get back on the road and make have that peace of mind to make sure everyone's going to be safe. And that's sort of the difference that Innova has is not only do you make the scan tool, and you've got div- uh, several different versions. You've got the dongle that'll um, Bluetooth pair with your phone. You actually have the handhold scanners that are more traditional. But what you guys do is through your Repair Solutions 2 app, you actually allow people to figure out not only what that code is, how to clear it, but how other people have permanently fixed the problem. And how did you get all of that information for the Repair Solutions 2? Like, did you hire a bunch of, like, a GM tech and a Ferrari tech? And That's exactly how we do it. We... We have a bunch of technicians uh, at dealerships across the country that that uh, work for us in, in their spare time. Uh, we, we let them know the problems that our customers are facing. And as we all know uh, in the car business, cars fail in patterns. So if one car has experienced it, it, it's almost a certainty that another similar vehicle has experienced it. So we get a, a problem with a Chevrolet. We go to our Chevrolet tech and say, hey, have you seen this issue before? And of course, he almost always has. He says, yep, here's what you do to fix it. Here's the parts that you need, and we can get that customer back rolling pretty quickly. 
Now, because you guys have a uh, bigger sample size than the uh, than the average bear, are you able to find patterns in cars still under warranty that maybe even the manufacturer isn't aware of yet? Or have you guys been able to figure out solutions early on or see trends coming that you can potentially help your uh, customers out ahead of time? We, we do, yeah. Uh, and and even the, the techs that are working for us are, are, are advising of some of that stuff too. If they start seeing patterns of newer cars coming in, then they'll let us know and we can get that added to our database right away. Let's take a quick step back here. I think we jumped right in assuming that everybody knew onboard diagnostics, right, in, in the history, but not necessarily. Can you talk us through, there were some year marks, like some cars had different versions of this Communication. Well, I think most people are probably familiar with OBD2, mm-hmm. which came out in 96. 96. Right, right. So 96 to 2008, and then 2008 and newer has the CAN communication, which is technically on the OBD network, but is... So take us through this. Didn't, didn't something happen? The government mandated something in 2008 and said, oh, everyone has to speak the same language. So if you go to a smog shop in Iowa the guy speaking the same language as a smog shop in California. Is that right? Or am I way off? That's hundred percent right. So the cars started in the, in the early eighties uh, with some sort of di- onboard diagnostic system uh, designed to just let you know that, Hey, you've got something going on that's causing your emissions to be higher than they should be. But because every car did it differently, the way you would diagnose a GM versus the way you would diagnose a Ford or a Honda or Toyota or any other car you could think of, they were all different. So if you owned a repair shop or a DIYer, and let's say you, you own three cars in your driveway, to diagnose it, you had to have three different tools. So starting in 1996, the government said no more that we're going to standardize all of this. So at that point, they came out with a spec. All the cars were required to have the same connector and communicate on the same basic languages. But then in 2008, just as you mentioned, we took another step forward by saying, okay, no, no more of this different languages. All the cars are going to speak the same language. So that if, if you're a DIYer or, or a professional, you can buy one tool and do the, the majority of what you need to do to get cars repaired. They're all in the same language, but there's only a certain number of uh, data points that are available to the common guy, right? Then there's a whole host of data points that may be hidden that are specific to Subaru, General Motors, Bentley, Ferrari, whoever. Is that true? That's absolutely true. Um we have access to the majority of them. There's always going to be stuff that uh, your, your basic aftermarket scan tools don't do. There are There's going to always be stuff that you need to use a factory scan tool. But the, for, to get the vast majority of issues fixed, you can use our scan tool to repair uh, virtually a- any issue that you're experience most commonly. So when did Innova come uh, into existence and what's the history of the company? And uh, I'll point out that I believe you guys have 81% of the uh, diagnostic scan tool market in the U.S. Which Are you is, serious? Which is an incredible number. Now, that's insane because you know that every guy driving around on a, on a tool truck, they offer scanners as well. Well, guess where, guess where their scanners come from? Oh. So, oh, dude, you private label scanners? So they private label for Harbor Freight, Snap-on, Mac Tools, a bunch of others, and then Innova's well, regular uh, uh, branded line is available at all the major auto stores like AutoZone, O'Reilly, Advance. Okay, okay, now it's all making sense. But what what was the genesis of the company, and how did you guys get to a point where you have that commanding market share? Uh, like, like I mentioned earlier, the company's uh, about 30 years old, um, and we started out just just doing the basics of diagnostics before there was any such thing as OBD2. So we were making all the little code readers to be able to talk to the various 
vehicles on the road. Plus, we were doing timing lights, compression testers, fuel injection testers, vacuum gauges, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then as, as onboard diagnostics progressed, we just tried to progress along with it. We were actually a little late to the party. We introduced our first OBD2 scanner in 2001, but we had several innovations that uh, customers really seemed to love, an all-in-one screen, easy-to-use interface, plug-and-play. We didn't have to select your vehicle. So we, we just kept improving on, on those tools as we went ahead. And like you mentioned, yeah, we, we private label for all of those guys. Plus, we have uh, the majority of the distribution under the Innova brand at some companies like AutoZone, O'Reilly Auto Parts, and Advanced Auto Parts. Take us through the difference of like the the fix assist, the uh, 3115 RS. It's a dongle. So it's it's about, uh, I don't know, it's big as a silver dollar or smaller than a it's Mac. It's a dongle. Book. It's a dongle. It's just a dongle. I guess everyone knows what a dongle is, right? Do I they? I would think so. Oh, does my mom know what a dongle is? Probably thinks it's got a different meaning, right? <laughs> I don't know. Um, so anyway, you plug it into that OBD port and then it transmits broadcast to via Bluetooth to your cell phone. And then, of course, you bring up Innova's app and it's yep. all right there. But what's the difference between that and, say, the handheld fix assist uh, for 100 bucks or the next one, 140, 140 bucks? Or they so go basically the, what you're asking, out. Bob, is what his uh, trim level walk is. What's the okay. product walk? Yes. At what point am I yeah. getting, not getting the black what? bumpers and I have color matching <laughs> exactly. accessories? Okay, let's make it even simpler. <laughs> what are the different uh, price points? What do they offer? And when does your uh, everyday tool become a professional tool? Well, yeah, we, we have a, a variety of tools to meet just about everyone's price point. As you go up in price, obviously we go up in features and functions. So on your basic dongle, like you were mentioned there, you'll be able to uh, read codes, uh, get live data, uh, and also, uh, we just introduced the ability to do a full network scan. So that, what that means is with the push of one button, you can query all the different computers in the car at the same time, and they get all the information back about what faults were found there. Does that include like body control modules and ABS and my damn TP, TPMS sensors that keep going bad? Did you just yeah, call them damn TPMS sensors? <laughs> I think I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, everything that's there, if... If it's able to be talked to, we'll we'll talk to it and find out what faults are going on in there, and then and let the customers know. And, but if I'm spending a, you know, if if I'm upgrading and I'm going to the fifty one sixty RS, which is three hundred thirty bucks, and I'm only saying prices so I can show the wide swath right of products that they offer. So, sure. what am I getting for that one? What does it allow me to do? Like I'm trying to make a purchase decision here. Am I going for the entry level hundred bucks because it's easy and small, and I can put it in my center console? Or am I going for something major here? Well, as you move up, uh, so the the 5160, for example, you're going to be able to do things like uh, oil light reset. Uh, Check your your oil level and oil life on vehicles that support it. Reset airbag codes. Do the full level scan, like I mentioned. Uh, Check brake pad life. Do uh, TPMS, like you mentioned. Retransmission temp. Uh, Do DPF regen on on the vehicles that support it. A bunch of different bi-directional tests and system tests. It just depends on the, the comfort level of the user and exactly what they need to do. We, we can cover just about anything you need to do. Ah, so wait a minute. If we were just talking Holman at the um, four-wheeler Adventure Expo, Adventure Expo uh-huh. yes, and we were talking to the guys with the Mercedes Sprinter vans, right? Yeah. Does the, and I think from what I recall, you need a special star tool, the Mercedes star tool. Can this do most of those functions that a, that a proprietary Mercedes star tool does? Most might be a stretch, but I think we're going to cover quite a, quite a few of them uh, that most people probably wouldn't expect. 
Okay. But yeah, just we, curious. We have a good handle on that stuff. Yeah. I'm trying to break Bob is what I'm trying to do here. Is that what you're trying to do? <laughs> is it working? I'm trying to get him to crack. <laughs> I'm fragile. <laughs> when somebody uses the tool and and maybe they have a repair that is different than what uh, maybe the the app says, is there a way for them to submit, uh, hey, this, this also works? Is, is it user-generated content in a way where you have both your professionals as well as your lay people kind of all talking together in the same place? You can figure out, you know, maybe it's like, uh, was it uh, Ebates or Rakuten or one of those where it says, this coupon works 80% of the time. Is there something along those lines where people can rate the <laughs> this, fixes? This fix works 70% <laughs> of the time? Right, because I'm sure there's a million different fixes out there for a lot of these things. Uh, well, you'd be surprised. Like I mentioned earlier, because things uh, fail in patterns, it's, there's not when you have a specific scenario on a, on a specific vehicle, there's not going to be typically a choice of 30 different things that, that can have caused it. There might be anywhere from one to five. Uh, but for our customers who uh, have tried one of our repairs and they didn't think that that fixed their issue, we have a, an all ANC certified customer service team that they can call. They're available six days a week, uh, 12 hours a day. Hit us up. Let us know, hey, we tried this. They didn't cut it for us. We'll go right back out to both our internal and external techs and say, hey, guys, we did a, another solution for this customer. Now, Bob, do you keep a, a database there where you can actually look at problems historically? Like zoom way out on a on your Excel spreadsheet or whatever you're using there, looking at everything that's been submitted to the Repair Solutions app and say, wow, we've seen that all 2014 Ram trucks have kind of this issue, or and it's fixed this way. Do you ever zoom out and look at that stuff? We do. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, we take that data, and then we do a little bit the opposite of what you're saying, and we are able to prognosticate what will happen on similar vehicles in the future. So in our Repair Solutions 2 app, we have a, a feature called Predictive Repairs, and based upon that aggregated failure data, we can see if you have a similar vehicle and when it reaches a similar mileage point as all the other vehicles, we can tell you with some level of certainty, you're going to have this problem. It's going to cost you this much to repair. And if you want to get the parts ready, you can click right here and buy them now. But Bob, for $250, that's so many rolls of electrical tape. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Especially if you're shopping at Harbor Freight. Yeah, right? I mean, you know, it rolls probably electrical a thousand rolls, a lot right? of rolls. Now, wait. Does it also say, uh, wax your freaking car, buddy? Your, your uh, clear coat's no, off. No, but you know what it does say? Uh, you can get scheduled maintenance updates. Hmm. You can get TSBs, obviously, it's technical service bulletins. Uh, along with the verified fixes, there's even how-to videos, and just like Bob was talking, the predicted repairs and the ability to purchase the correct parts to repair your vehicle directly from the app, which I think is pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, we're we're uh, we're really excited about about that feature specifically. So before we would say, hey, for this problem, you need to replace your mass airflow sensor. Let's say what we incorporated now is being able to customers just be able to click buy now right on the app and it'll dump at the appropriate mass airflow sensor for their car directly into their shopping cart of the retailer where they purchased the product at. So it, it, it's a win-win. The, the, the stores get to sell some parts. We get customers getting the right parts to get their, get their car back on the road quickly. So uh, when uh, a car is unfixable, does it say, here's your nearest dealer, just buy a new one of these, and <laughs> yeah. it links you that way too? No, no, no. It flashes <laughs> a, a, a key, a key fob, and it goes, this is your next car. <laughs> yeah. Is there a singular issue that you've seen since, I don't know, over the last 20 years of cars or trucks that you go, 
it's always the mass airflow sensor, or it's by and large there's this or, or dead why, battery. Why or why have they never fixed this problem in twenty years? Like, what is that one thing that you just shake your head and you're like, if they spent five more cents, they would have a product that wouldn't have this. There's got to be something around the office, Bob, that you're like, I can't believe after all these years, <laughs> there's still this issue. Um, I, I, oxygen sensors fail almost always. That That's something we see all the time. I, I'd say the second most frequent one is people just not tightening their gas cap when they're done filling up the tank. And that will always throw a code. Beyond that, uh, oxygen sensors, uh, ma- mass airflow sensors are a big issue, but oxygen sensors are the, are the most common cause of just about everything. Is that because of the heat cycles they go through, the O2 sensor? Or the crappy gas? I, I think it's it's a combination of both. <laughs> uh, pe- people are out there always going with the lowest octane because because it's the cheapest, obviously, but uh, you don't always understand the replication, uh, repercussions of, of making that decision. Let, let's talk about the future here for Innova. Where are you with electrification? If I end up buying a, a Rivian or a Cybertruck or something at some point, um, what data will I – because I, I assume it's still can communication on the OBD port, right? And if so, what will I see on an Innova device? Some of the, some of the vehicles uh, su- support the, the same connector and some don't. Um, but because they don't actually produce emissions, they're not required by law to have uh, the connector down there. Oh, interesting. But on the ones that do, you'll be able to uh, look at things like uh, cell voltage and cell degradation on there. That, that's something that everyone is, is hypersensitive about in these electric cars to make sure that each cell within the battery pack is functioning as it should be and doesn't need to be replaced. That, that's probably the biggest one that you can do right now. Sounds helpful. And then do you guys have the ability where, uh, because you're talking to an app that's connected to the internet, is there a data sharing where you can uh, where you can kind of see how many issues you're having, or where you can see problem areas for each specific vehicle in real time? No, not uh, through our RS2 platform. But what I can tell you is we have our, our sister company, which is called CarMD, and uh, a couple times a year we publish something called the Vehicle Health Index, which kind of aggregates all of the data that we've collected over the last year and talks about what are the most common failures by region, most common failures by make, most common failures by year. So uh, on carmd.com, you can download that for the last few years and check all that out. Which, by the way, is awesome. I've used that in the past when uh, when writing up stories and things like that. It's almost like the JD power of the diagnostic world, but with like real data and not just people with surveys and things like that. It's actual hard data that you're pulling off from your customers, from your scan tools, right? Yeah, it's it's real people with real problems who have reported them to us, and we're just putting it together so it's easier to understand at a macro level. I think Innova's doing the Lord's work. I think that's hey, what's that's, happening that's here. That's my line. That's your line? Yeah, no, that's what it's you, mine. No, you can't steal my line. Well, I stole it from right, my fine, old morning fine. show, and then you stole no, no, it from no, the... No. Yeah, that's no, where no, you no, got no. it. You know what? Here, you let's can't just, have that. Innova's rad. Oh, oh no! Yes. They're groovy. <laughs> they could be groovy, yeah, but they're, they're hip, also... They're hypnocular. They're also rad. Yeah. Well, Bob, uh, thanks we'll so much. No points for hypnocular? No. No, that's not even a word. Oh, okay. Well, we appreciate you carving out some time to talk to us, and I was looking at your social, so if you're interested in following Innova, it's actually properly done. All of the places are the same, at Innova Auto, and of course, Innova.com. Yes. Appreciate you you sticking by us. 
for a few episodes here. <laughs> By the way, did you get you know, your Nova Scan tool? I did. Have you used it? Yes, I have. Well, are we going to talk about your experience? I with was it? going to do an official review. I wasn't going to do it here. Oh. I'm going to spread it out. Oh, okay. share share the wealth. Spread the wealth. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm excited to hear it. Yes. Oh, I'm so not so a good. I. I'm not a professional reviewer. Yeah, Home it is. Yeah, no, he he'll just be like, it's red. No, 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 I don't do that. And no, I'll go into the details. He has buttons. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll 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 do a deep dive. And it was an inch too long for my glove box, so I had to shove it under my seat, and it. No, it's but slid perfect. out around corners. No, 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 I'm good. No, you like my review? Are you are you actually are you uh, gonna put some some weight behind it? You mean my my body weight? There's a lot of it. <laughs> are you gonna pull uh, you know spark plug cables and things like? Are you gonna cause oh, problems? Oh, I want to know how you're gonna do it. I naturally cause problems. I know you do, but I want to see how you're going to integrate this uh, Innova. I'm not gonna tell you. No, I'm gonna. It's gonna be a tr- a treat and a, a surprise. All right. Uh, which scan tool did Innova send you? One of them. You haven't even opened the box yet. <laughs> I did. I didn't write down the number on my pad of paper in front right. of me. Well, Bob's counting on us. I, well, I'm going to deliver for Bob. All right. Don't hang me oh up to God. dry. And he's Don't on the phone. He can hear us. <laughs> oh, All right, Bob. Well, thank you very much. Innova.com. I-N-N-O-V-A. Either get the uh, entry-level uh, dongle, plug it in, keep it in your glove box, your center console, wherever, or if you're a pro... They got a lot of offerings for you, and chances are you've already used one. You didn't even know it because they make everyone's. Appreciate yeah. it, guys. Thanks How's that? Much. You got it. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Bob. Thank you. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Holman, I would like a double scoop of some truck news. How are you feeling? Oh, how about a triple scoop? What's, What's new, new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? (laughs) That was your fault. You were way too early. I know. I did that on purpose. Wait, you always get up my uh, (laughs) my backside for uh, ruining these things. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. You're so disappointing. (laughs) I was just thinking to myself as I'm listening to it. Yeah. How many listeners who have heard it, you know, 50 times? Do they do it along with us? Yeah, I think so. I think, and and they're like, I just screwed them up. I won't do it again, guys. Sorry. Somebody was like in their car with their like new carpool (laughs) partner or something like that. They're like, oh, dude, watch this, watch this, and then we totally messed them up. Yeah. Totally embarrassing. Hey, uh, remember how that last episode we're like, oh, we're gonna go to Moab still, yay! Well, no, you were gonna go to Moab, and then you you admitted or you uh, explained that the vendor area was closed. Yeah, but there was still gonna be a gathering of off roaders yes. that were gonna go up. So is yeah. that no longer a, a thing? Well, the uh, the government closed down basically all the hotels and uh, primitive camping and campgrounds to anyone who doesn't live in around, in and around the area. Oh no! So if you can't be somewhere for a week, if you can't lodge anywhere. Well, you can. That's some serious overlanding. <laughs> yeah, some serious overlanding. But mm. you even primitive camping is restricted. So it, there's no point in going, sadly. Well, sounds like the old Easter Jeep Safari is uh, no go for 2020. So wait a minute. How are you getting... You're not going to Michigan to pick up your... Sting gray, brand new jail, super badass AEV creation and driving it to Moab and then taking it home. None of that's happening now? You mean the uh, the brand new 2020 Jeep that I bought that I'm making payments on and insurance on I've never seen before? How are you getting it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, uh... Oh, no. Yeah. Is it still going to be done at the... Is AEV off? Are they quarantined? Uh, everybody is, yep. And the whole world stopped this uh, past week. Just when we thought we had a few people hanging on. All the uh, governors sent people home, and so uh, we're on pause on that. So for a while. no, 
new JL from a man Holman. <laughs> Although I got plenty of garage space right now. You sure do. Wow. So hmm. there's that. Uh, I kind of feel bad for you. <laughs> I kind of feel I, bad for I, me I too. I know how excited you were to get we that had, Jeep. We had some epic uh, stories for four-wheeler planned out for that thing. That uh, they'll still come. It'll just be uh, delayed next year yeah. or something. Oh man, uh, I won't be that long. But yeah, it's it's delayed. So who knows? Okay. Uh, along the lines of things getting moved, how about uh, Overland Expo West, which also uh, ties into our Overland Adventure? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be uh, pushed back to July twenty fourth through twenty sixth. Okay, well, it's still happening. Well, that's going to be the new goal to get the JL done because obviously that's the place I want it to Ah. be. So hopefully prior to that, I can go get it, drive it, get it prepped, ready, Overland Adventure, Overland Expo. What kind of prep do you need to do to it? I mean, it sounds like it was coming out of AEV, like ready to roll. Yeah, there's some other stuff. There's uh, Oh, your tent. The tent, uh, Rhino Rack, uh, Backbone. and You put a fridge in that thing? Oh, yeah. Dometic. Okay. Nice piece. Hmm. Got a new CFX uh, three, which is uh, if you haven't seen those, those are pretty nice. I don't know what that is. And Just, what are you doing? Uh, like a rolling rack in the back and all that stuff. Brit at uh, American Adventure Lab has mm-hmm. some interesting products that we're talking about, and we have to see. He, you uh, were spending an inordinate amount of time looking researching? at rolling racks. Yes. Yeah, well, we, I had to walk away. I was we so saw bored. those at the Four Wheeler Adventure Expo. I, that's what I'm saying. Right. I'm sta- you guys don't know this. I'm standing next to Holman with the recorder in my hand, uh-huh. waiting to do an interview, and he's just like off in la la land talking to this expert about rolling racks. Well, that, though, you know, there's a lot to talk about racks and slides and fridge slides and more racks and ways to tie things down and secure things. And I all wouldn't this know. Stuff. I walked away. Uh, you did walk <laughs> away. I had to find you, and I did find you with. Uh, uh, I didn't know this about you. You're the half donut guy. What are you talking about? I never do half donuts. There were half donuts in the donut box you're standing next to. They weren't mine. I'm just nope, saying. They were Rich's. Well, you know what? You need to have a talk with Rich. Yeah. Because yeah. that ain't oh, right. Oh, that kills me. Dude, we had pizza in the office today, and we got those long breadsticks from uh, Pizza Hut. Uh-huh. I opened the box, and there's two halves sitting there. Oh, two halves, really? Dude, and I go- That's wrong. And I stopped the office- yeah, who who done it? I stopped the office. And who done like, it? There's only two other guys other than me in there right now because everyone's home. I'm like, and you knew it was one of those two. No, it had to be both of those two. No, no, Sadly. no, no. It's not wrong. <laughs> no, no. Why would you have half of one donut and half of another donut? We could have just had a whole because he wanted the variety pack. Oh, that son of a that dirty dog. I'm telling you, I stopped the oh, room and I that's said, wrong. who did this? All right, any of you who work in shops, you all know, all of you, every last freaking one of you has that one dude in your shop who does the half donut thing. Stop eating half a donut. You take the whole donut and nobody wants your greasy fingered, half grabbed, licked, not sanitary half donut. Nobody. Nobody. Don't let, you know what? I'd rather you grab a donut eat half of it and throw the rest away and not let that donut die a hero, then have you leave half behind. You don't leave men behind, all right? Ooh. Oh, you should get that boo thing uh, uh, lined up for some more stuff here. Okay, so here you're not going to ask what happened? Who was it? Because uh, I, I, I don't want to hate people when I go over there. No, right, I'm who, out in him. I was pissed. All right, who was it? It was John. Espino? Yes. And oh, I go, I'm so, and, John and I, Espino, I'm disappointed in you. And I said, John... Was this you? And he goes, yeah, it was me. And he was like almost kind of proud of it. And I go, how did you break it apart? And he goes, well, I held it up and I jiggled it until it fell apart. No, that's a lie. 
And I said, wait a minute, you held up the breadstick and you twisted it like a spinner, like a toy, uh-huh. until it busted? No. No way. No, that's wrong. No way. And then I've seen other and guys- And then it was a donut hole? <laughs> yeah. I was like, dude, eat yeah. the whole thing. Why do you want the whole thing? I go, no. you're, well, you're a man. What? Everybody who has a shop or works in a shop has one dude there who eats half the donuts. You all do. You all know it. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. It's ridiculous. It's 657-205-6105. Uh, here's the deal. This is what I want for our next episode. I want you to call 657-205-6105 and out that one dude in your shop who is the half donut guy, and I want you to leave us a message, and we will play it so that when you guys are listening to the podcast on Monday morning in your shop, you can shame that dude publicly. <laughs> Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Hotline. 657-205-6105. And I'm going to share your message with John. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, get your boo button ready. Uh, more disappointments from the automotive world. Diesel Power Challenge has been uh, postponed no. to the week of August 31st. No. So we have to, yep, got to wait a uh, got to wait a few more a uh, few more months for that bad boy. Oh, also, uh, Ultimate Adventure no. September now. No. Yeah, it's I was gonna sad. say I was gonna say it's Slim Pickens for events. It's not even Slim Pickens. There are no events. Nope. Man, if you everything uh, got the four wheeler adventure expo if you're Live Nation, was the very last event. You're AEG, you're some concert yeah. company, you're Golden Voice, dude. They're all oh my gosh. Yeah, everybody. Uh. All right, on to uh, truck news. Did you hear that uh Warren acquired Factor fifty five? No, yay. Oh, no, no, that's no, yay, oh, yay. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a yay. Oh. Uh you don't have cheering? Uh oh yeah, I will have Or the Dinger? There you go. That's Man. enough. Anybody from the off-road world knows Factor 55 as uh, purveyors in a specialization of closed-system winching products, which oh, are well some said. very, uh, very cool billet um, winch hooks, things like that. Uh, everything's closed, super safe, very cool looking. They were started back in 2012, and for uh, Warren, who is arguably the number one winch manufacturer in the world, highest quality winches, all that kind of stuff, pretty uh, awesome to have them pick up a company like Factor 55. And I think... They're going to still operate as Factor 55 as a subsidiary of Warren. So they're not going to be, uh, you know, the company identity is not going to be lost. We are idiots. We've never had them on the show. Uh, we because can... the dude at Factor 55 is in my phone, the owner of the company. You mean you have Michael Costa's information in your I phone? I do. And one of the things that I was really, uh, I found an attraction to the company. It is literally, it's just like many companies that we talk to, it started in his garage. Yeah. He was like, the solutions all suck. Yeah, and I'm going to do gonna something better. So, I'm going to make something better. And at first, I think a lot of people, well, in my opinion, some people in the beginning might have thought that, oh, it's just bling, it's billet. No. No, 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 no. no. This the, guy the closed is, system winching is basically a, a technique that uses rigging, but when you rig things, it's comprised entirely of closed link hardware, so there's no way for the ropes to come out and, or, the, or the wire, the cable to come out unless it breaks, and uh, just it's a much safer, safer system. Things don't slip off, and anyway, it's really great stuff. Uh, check so them out. Wait, we had to wait for his company to be acquired before, before we had him on the show? Oh, we are morons. <laughs> Factor55.com, I believe, is uh, still up and running. So, yeah. uh, so check them out. We'll uh, we'll see if we can get them on the show. Um, all right. How about uh, ooh? Did you uh, see a certain Chevy Colorado ZR2 packing 720 horsepower? The Langenfelter, <laughs> dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. 
Now, I think there's an exhaust <clears throat> note to go with this. A supercharged LT4 V8, 6.2 liter. That thing uh, absolutely screams 720 horsepower. Let me put that in perspective for you really quick. Everybody knows that the upcoming Rebel TRX, which is the quote-unquote Raptor fighter, will have a non-detuned, full-tilt, high-octane 707 horsepower from the factory. Yeah, Lingenfelder just put that to shame by packing 720 horsepower in a Colorado. You want to hear it? Uh, I mean, I, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, it's on big old knobby off-road tires. I think those are uh, Goodyear Wranglers, and it is screaming on the dyno rollers. It was trying to lift right off the oh, dyno. Oh, for sure. Uh, the LT4 V8 is uh, what comes out of the Camaro ZL1, and uh, yeah. Uh, wide body kit, uh, <laughs> suspension upgrades. Uh, it's connected to the uh, eight-speed automatic transmission. Now, is this going to be? This is not production, right? I, I mean, mean, it is if you're from Lingenfelter, yeah. I mean, well, I mean Chevy's not like, offering. He's it. not going to make fifty of these things, is he? Well, I mean, do we know? Does he have fifty buyers? I, I would think he I would. I don't know. Is this the type of thing you can you can buy in all fifty states? Or I mean, you can yeah, you can have it. Well, it's, as long as all as long as all the emissions work is done, yeah, you can do engine swaps. Hmm. Yeah, the uh, that dyno run, by the way, uh, had over 530 horsepower to the wheels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, about that. Oh, uh, so much, so much want. Um, how about uh, the all the news coming out of the automotive manufacturers, uh, FCA, Ford, Tesla, talking about making all this uh, medical equipment, which is kind of cool. Yep, keeping people employed, and uh, Ford, in fact, was uh, working on a uh, ventilator filtration system that used the seat fans out of a Ford F one fifty. No kidding. Yeah, so there were some uh, drawings up uh, about how they would use some of the existing automotive parts that they have in order to uh, quickly develop and bring up to speed some of the things that are that are needed. This was, I guess, a uh, respirator. So it says uh, Ford is teaming up with the three M, GE, and the United Auto Workers. To help design and produce respirators for healthcare workers and ventilators for coronavirus patients. So it's really cool to see the automotive industry really stepping up and using that excess automotive uh, manufacturing capacity right now to to help out the uh, help out the world. That sounds admirable. I would agree. Okay. What's not admirable is the 2021 Chevy Colorado base model gone. Yeah, they've axed the base trim from the midsize pickup lineup, effectively raising the truck's entry price for 2021. So the previous base price, $22,395. Well, if you want a Colorado, your basic price of entry now will set you back $26,395. I mean, still a pretty nah, good truck that's deal. not that bad. But not 22. 22 is crazy cheap. Uh, that's not the most affordable truck in America. It's not. Uh, how 22 about the, is, uh, it's not much. How about a brand new Nissan Frontier for nineteen two ninety? Ah. Okay. With a full warranty. Yeah. I mean, that's solid, right? Brand new truck, full warranty? Look, Under go, 20 grand? Go on, Nissan. Go get them. Yeah, em. you go get them. You go, you go <laughs> Nissan. You go. Uh, all right. Uh, how about this weird story? A regular cab long bed trail boss? A regular cab, long bed, why? 2020 Chevy Silverado 1500 Trail Boss. Mm-hmm. Apparently, uh, the United Arab Emirates uh, had a debut last year of a red 
Chevy Silverado Trail Boss in regular cab trim. Um, but it appears that this 4x4 truck is now on the U.S. media gallery. Who mm. wants that? I do. Oh, you do? Oh, regular cab truck? Heck yeah. No. Look how cool that thing looks. Oh, that does look cool. See? But a regular cab, you can't recline. I won't drive anything I can't recline in. No, look except at that B-pillar. Look at that B-pillar. Except for a 1966 Chevy Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> you can recline further in this than you yes, can in your yeah, Chevy oh, truck. Yeah, it sucks. So, uh, who knows? Hmm. Interesting that- Wait, uh, let me see that again. That red looks good in that truck. Mm-hmm. That thing looks mean. That's a good looking truck, man. I'm telling you, you know, we all hated on the Chevy when they announced the 2020. Uh, I didn't hate on it. Well, I had seen it for a while okay, and it was well, growing on me. You, you Did you just say, I seen it? No. Okay. Why would I say that? I don't know. No, r- roll the tape. I well, had seen it for a while okay, and it was well. growing on me. Okay, all right, you're off the hook. Uh, okay, so I I really am. There's still some 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 ugly ones there, but this is a good. <laughs> that's a good one right there. I, I feel like you were being um, gentle with them. Yeah. Um. I I don't hate it. Do people still hate it? Do you think? Yeah. Yeah. They do. Do they really? Yeah. They do. It hasn't grown. I, for me, it feels like it's it's fine. The haters are real? mostly over it. They're real. Yeah. The hate's real. Hmm. Yeah. All right, well, I'm just saying that if uh, if it actually is true and it's not the uh, UAE truck and you could get it here in the States, I'd be interested. Could be a cool sport truck. I'd be a player. What if you did a rad, you know, shorter wheelbase, more bed, bed rack, overlanding style, trail boss 4x4? I think it'd be pretty cool. Who needs the extended cab if you're just out on an adventure with you and your dog? Yeah. Would you put a trail bus on the ground? Would you bag it? No, there's other do bag an RST, not a trail boss. Oh yeah, there you they go. Don't, don't yeah. ruin a perfectly good trail boss. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Okay. What else you got? Nothing. <laughs> All right, we're going out strong <laughs> with this segment. <laughs> I I thought that was a pretty good amount of news, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, All right, I thought, sure. thought that was a a grip a grip of news items. All right. So uh, a uh, now yeah a, a a boatload of of news. Uh, you could have stopped at grip. A, you didn't talk about my Lexani Cadillac or. Yeah, you, nobody cares about that. Yeah, no, you don't think so? I mean, go for it. You, you, I'm give, I'm seating you the floor. I don't have the story because I emailed it to you. All right, so do you want me to pull the story up? I think you should. Is it is it worth uh, well, talking about? I think so because if you were interested in it, I was going to call my my buddy Carlos Parrot over at uh, Lexani, and who would be great on the show if you care. But if you don't care, I'm not going to call him. Okay, so uh, let's let the listeners decide if they care. Uh, you sent me a link that said Lexani Motor Cars is taking orders for a 2021 Cadillac Escalade mobile office. And it is a odd looking, it sort of looks like the greenhouse of like the presidential limo, mm-hmm. where you have like a door, then you have an extra big window, and then you have the rear door. And then of course it has the rear glass behind that. Right. So it's stretched and separated. And, and this is something that you and I can never afford. Uh, basically, it's a uh, Cadillac Escalade, the new body style, base limousine. Uh, they stretch the uh, wheelbase. There's enough cabin space for four people to recline back in ultra plush quilted chairs. Uh, they say other uh, notable amenities include wall-mounted tables, aftermarket audio system, and an LED-encrusted ceiling designed to mimic the starry sky feature offered in the Rolls-Royce. Mm-hmm. I mean, really? I've seen that in the Rolls-Royce and was like, it was cool for a concept car, but do you really care about a car that you drive every day? Uh, like, I don't know. I don't know. I I just I, I mean, don't. If you're having some intimate times in there, it could I, be cool I, to look up. I and, guess if uh, you can that. recline four people, you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not going to yeah. tell you what you can and can't do in your limo. I mean, if you're a swinger, maybe it's um, a good vehicle. 
Yeah. Do you have any interest? Do you guys care about this type of thing? Or is this uh, not in our price range? Meaning, you and me. Yeah. If we had the money, would we buy something like this? No. I don't want a limo. I want to drive. Yeah. Well, I don't want somebody driving me around. Yeah, but what about all those times you drink too much? I don't drink. Oh. Too much. (laughs) (laughs) It's Uber? I mean, that's a nicer Uber. I don't know. Listen, if you're filthy rich, do we have any filthy rich listeners? Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, then I'd be interested in getting their take. All right. Well, if they want to uh, be on the show, they can buy an ad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, All right. Well, uh, that's all I got in uh, news for trucks uh, for this episode. So I uh, feel like talking oil. uh, Is that because (laughs) uh, we've been ignoring all of our listeners who've been asking us questions about having a lubrication specialist on the show? Have there been that many questions about lubrication? There's been a few, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, here we are for you guys. But th- this is about engine oil. Yeah, engine oil. Oh, <laughs> not the other. Line. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, right. I mean, there's always questions, but right. you should ask your mom and dad about that. <laughs> <laughs> they have books. You yeah. can go to the bookstore. Oh, and, you know, so you can save yourself the embarrassing conversation? Yes, yeah. Okay. You know, birds and the bees, yeah. how children are made, uh, stuff do you, like that. Do you think it's- um, Did you have- I had the How Babies Are Made <laughs> book. I got that. I don't even want to tell you that. Yeah, just, we'll just leave that alone. Okay, okay. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was like one comment driving home with my mom going- Blah, 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 blah. And I'm going, okay, we're good. Good. Oh, no. Right there, done. Oh, it was that awkward? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. See, yeah. I can't listen to my dad talk about that <laughs> stuff, so I just couldn't hear. And my mom was too, like, not, what's the word I'm looking for? Not not, not bashful, but I don't know. They just couldn't do it. I, I think I did have a conversation <laughs> with my dad about it, but- it they just, didn't pull out the banana yeah, or anything? And like, uh, dude, I don't have conversations with my kids about it either. Uh, they're old enough. You probably should. They already know what's up. Because <laughs> they watch TV. We all know the same thing. It's just unspoken. Uh, they know. I mean, and they, they don't want to They don't want to know about mom and dad. So they don't. Yeah. Because if I talk about it, then it mean, then they, they know what happens. Hey, they don't hey, want to think hey, about hey, mom and dad hey, like hey. that. This is becoming awkward. Can we have a less awkward conversation <laughs> about lubrication to give Mark oh, from uh, Amsoil a call? Mark's going to listen back to this later. And go, and go, oh, my oh, God. God. Oh, what what is wrong with you guys? <laughs> well, the answer is lots. But yes. uh, why don't I dial him up and we'll save ourselves Let's with a phone call. Let's talk about automotive oils. <laughs> there we go. I couldn't help myself. Uh, yes, you couldn't. <laughs> All right. Mark here. Mark Nyholm, is this the technical product manager at Amsoil? Um, I can be that guy. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> All right. I, can, I love it. Don't move. I can we be got a, lot a of guys. We got a quick intro for you. Hang tight. It's the inside job, baby. Yes, it is. It's the inside job now. Uh-huh. It's the inside job, baby. It's time for you to share what you do. So it's time for you, my friend Mark Nyholm, uh, to share what you do. I think the last time we ran into you in person was Diesel DPC. Power Challenge yep. up in Colorado. Last year. Probably was. So uh, let's first explain, so people know you are officially an authority in this space, what does a technical product manager do at Amsoil? Oh, that's a great question, guys. Well, so if you don't that's, know. That's why we're starting the uh, interview with it. <laughs> well, if you don't I mean, know, I'm then just, we have bigger problems. <laughs> I'm just wondering how much time you've got. Oh, we got. Have you have you heard our shows? Three, four hours <laughs> at a time. We're good. Sweet. Um, product development. So uh, I'm responsible for taking, you know, conceptually, um, perhaps it's a new product that we want, or a new market that we want to get into. Perhaps there's a problem out in the industry that we want to solve. Um, we go to work chemically and mechanically as a pair, chemical engineers, chemists, me as a mechanical engineer, and we uh, put our heads together 
and we try to solve problems or develop new products for new markets. So I do a lot of um, product development related activities, working with our own chemical engineers and chemists. And then because I run our, our mechanical lab, which is a dyno facility, we get to put all that chemistry to work, validate it, and then commercialize it. So that's that's what I do on a daily basis in a nutshell. So that's you, a lot. You mentioned uh, problem solving. What are some of the problems that you've come across where you said, you know what, we'll take our technology and come out with a product that will solve that for whoever is experiencing it? Amazon makes products for a bunch of different markets. So whether it's power sports, uh, passenger car, light, light truck, diesel, off-road, whatever, um, there's uh, there's lots of problems in all of those industries, and it kind of comes down to, you know, conventional oil. You know, it has been it has been the long-standing oil for decades and decades and decades, right? So I mean, this company started in, you know, in the early '70s, putting synthetic oil solving problems where conventionals fall apart. So um, anytime you really push say an engine to the limits you know i want either insane horsepower or i want it to work super hard pulling heavy loads up and over passes um anytime you pour a bunch of heat to it uh, conventional oil just doesn't seem to to do the job so i mean we can go in there we can uh, allow the engine to run hotter we can go in there and allow the engine to run and build more horsepower. So, I mean, there's there's a variety of different things that synthetics can offer that conventionals can't, and that applies to every combustion engine that's out there, no matter who's turning the wrench and turning up the horsepower. Funny you say that, because I remember growing up, before I was ever a, I mean, always a car guy, but before I was ever in the, the media for enthusiasts, I remember driving around uh, a Honda, your dad's Honda. I, I did have a Honda. Yes, I did. Uh, 87 Accord LXI pop-up mm-hmm. headlights. That thing mm-hmm. was badass. Yep. But what I remember is a lot of people when at the time when internet forums really started, there was more like message boards and people were starting to just barely share information. Friendster? <laughs> MySpace? Yeah. No, it's pre-MySpace. Um, people would talk about this company, Amsoil, and they would say, oh, I'm so tired of doing oil changes every 3,000 miles. I found this company... I can send them an oil, my oil, and they'll uh, analyze it, and then I can change to their product, and then they'll show me the difference. And I think that's the first time I ever heard of Amsoil was this company in the Midwest that was telling people that their conventional oil sucked, use our stuff, and here's the science behind it. And I don't think that many people know that Amsoil actually performs that service still to this day. No, it's a fact we do. Um, and I don't know whether we've said publicly that conventional sucks, <laughs> I mean, perhaps there's some dealers out there that would flat out tell you that, but me as the more PC uh, business guy, I would say it's it's probably not as good as not synthetic. Not as but... optimized. That's what. That's oh, well. Say. Okay, so we need to stop right here and explain on a uh, not a molecular level, but what is the <laughs> funny difference? you should say that? What is the difference between conventional and synthetic? And by the way, synthetic still has. Uh, fossil fuel oil as a base. I don't think people realize that. I think that they think you go into a laboratory and you work some black magic and out comes oil, synthetic oil. But there's actually a process that you guys use to create it. You still have base or stock oils, right? Yeah, that's the that's the the, the funny analogy people say is like synthetic oil. Is that is that plant based or is that uh, 
do you do you render that from like cow fat or something <laughs> and and it, people still ask that today and you're like no um friend uh, all of it still comes from a barrel of crude you know it still comes out of the ground it's just how much time and energy do you want to put into it you know if you want to make you know a group a group one uh, base oil you're not going to put a lot of time and energy into it but it will inherently come with flaws you know uh, molecules that you don't want it um, so the more time and energy that you can put into that barrel of crude, the more uh, refined and processed and chemically engineered molecule that you can make that has, you know, nearly the perfect quality for lubrication. You know, I'm taking out all the nasty stuff. I'm taking out all the contaminants, and I'm making a molecule of the perfect uniform size that then I and can shape put. Too, right? Yeah, that I can put. Uh, more chemical additives back in to give it the per specific performance that I'm looking for. Because doesn't so a, it's, a crude molecule um, or a very basic cheap oil, isn't the molecule shaped kind of rugged and, and square, but when you go through the, the refining process, the synthetic stuff is more round? No, I mean, it's, it's carbon chains. So, I mean, a uh, carbon chain can have many molecules in a chain-like fashion, right? But then there will be points where it will be missing certain uh, molecules, and then you can have contaminants that will bond onto that chemically. Like you can have sulfur molecules, you can have um, other things that have negative properties uh, for lubrication that you don't really want. And then if I if I don't strip those off, then I have to per, then I have to spend more time with more additives to try to combat those. And in the end, you'll do – it's like a Band-Aid. You're kind of putting on a Band-Aid a, a little bit out of it, but sooner or later you're going to rip the Band-Aid off and expose the, expose the uh, conventional molecule, and it's, it's, it has its deficiencies. What are those deficiencies? Meaning like if I run a conventional oil, how does it break down faster than a synthetic? The quickest way to talk about it is heat. So engines these days I – mean, every engine puts out heat, right? Um, technology, though, has driven more heat into engines today than they did 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And they're doing that partially because they want to put out more horsepower, but two, that they've learned that more heat equals more engine efficiency, which is then more fuel economy. So heat is the enemy to all oils, no matter what. But the oxidation resistance of a conventional oil will never be the same as synthetic. And when I say oxidation resistance, oxygen that we breathe, the stuff that we're sucking in right now, that will mix with the oil under heated conditions and it will degrade the oil and make it thicker. Now, conventionals have some oxidation resistance capability, but for shorter periods of time, hence the long-standing 3,000-mile oil drain interval um, newer technology has done a little bit better job to expand that out, but you know the oil will break down due to heat, oxygen we breathe, and get thicker over time. And thicker oil can eventually lead to, you know, varnish formation deposits in the engine or a viscosity that's too thick to provide, you know, the right protection for the engine. So when you're looking at a traditional oil versus a synthetic oil. 
I know we've talked about the detergents and, and the different chemicals and the processes. What's the layman's end result between one bottle of oil and that's conventional and a bottle of AMS oil for your average everyday guy who, who is putting it in his truck? Ooh, that is a really loaded question because there's so <laughs> much different. There's so much different between those two bottles. It's, uh, why don't you just go hard. through like the top 35? Yeah. Perfect. All right. Let's. I mean, so let's take it. Can we? Should we take a specific vehicle? I mean, how do we narrow narrow it down so it's not so wide? Well, I I wasn't thinking. So I don't want necessarily want to go down the trap of what the just a generic vehicle. So I've got a choice. There's a cheap bottle of oil on the left, Mm -hmm. and there's an AMS oil bottle on the right. And I'm your average everyday consumer that wants to have. I buy my vehicle. I care about my vehicle. I plan to have it for a long time. And I'm thinking, I want to buy the more expensive stuff because it has to be better, right? So what am I getting for going through the synthetic? I want to know, yeah, the synthetic, but I also want to know a synthetic to a synthetic. How is Amsoil synthetic better? Okay, let's focus on the synthetic to conventional first, and then we'll compare compare synthetic to synthetic. The biggest question I always ask people is, when they say, well, what oil should I run? I always ask them, and you hit it, John, was, do you even care about your car? I mean, if this is a lease vehicle and you're just going to turn it in after two or three years, put whatever oil in it, it doesn't matter. It's not yeah. yours. If you want to keep this car, that's and a, you actually that's, care By the way, about that's a piss poor attitude because somebody <laughs> else is going to get your car. You know what it is? Someone's going to draw it. Someone's like going to uh, buy it. Do you remember those uh, Audi commercials where it was like the the lease return program with the low miles and like the guy was stalking his neighbor who bought an Audi. He's like, hey, thanks for taking care of my car because in a year when you turn it in, it's going to be mine, right? <laughs> yeah. That's the guy going, nah, I've been dumping, I've been dumping conventional in there. You don't want it. <laughs> that's true. Okay, so so if a guy cares about it and he wants to keep it long term, then he wants to invest more into the oil that he pours into it. So what I, what what our synthetic will give you is it's going to give you better wear protection. So I'm giving you more additives that will provide from your right foot. When you go angry at home or towards home at the end of the day and you hammer that throttle, that is load to the engine. You need to make sure you keep rotating parts separated. Otherwise, metal metal contact is bad wear. That's engine failure. So I'm going to give you more additives to protect yourself from yourself. Okay. Um, we, 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 need, we need all the protection we can get. Yeah. We often uh, don't have anyone looking out for us like that. Oh, we don't. I'm we glad, should. Glad is. And that's a peace of mind I'm giving you. A cup, I mean, the other thing I'm going to give you is I'm going to give you a, a product that is capable of managing more heat. You know, more horsepower, more heat. You guys in Southern California run a lot hotter than us folks up in northern Wisconsin, northern Minnesota. Every bit of heat that you're putting into that oil can break it down. So I'm going to make sure that the oil stays, you know, the appropriate viscosity and doesn't get thicker from oxidation over time. Another thing I'm going to give you is engine cleanliness. As oils break down, they want to develop films inside your engine, varnish, uh, deposits. Those films are bad for uh, heat transfer, so an engine needs to get rid of that heat. They're bad for plugging uh, passages and orifices that you need to get oil to to protect it. So you want to make sure that you would keep all that stuff clean. I'm going to give you a pile of detergents in my oil that makes sure that you pull a valve cover off your engine, it looks spick and span brand new. 
And that's very uh, important for the efficiency of that engine. But uh, don't the detergents uh, fight some of the other properties in the oil? Like, do you find that one additive undoes some other good quality of another additive? Oh, you mean like this podcast where one (laughs) co-host fights the other co-host? I mean, that happens (laughs) more than occasionally. (laughs) It happens in every quart of oil that's sitting on the shelf. You have um, a lot of different additives that are doing different jobs, and you need to specifically formulate that product so that they don't compete with each other. Yes. If you don't know what you're doing and you pile a whole bunch of A and a whole bunch of B and a whole bunch of C in there, they'll fight each other. But if you don't do it at the right concentrations, you might have too much corrosion inhibitor. For example, you don't want your engine to rust from the inside out, but you don't have enough anti-wear additives that keep your, you know, uh, metal from metal to metal contact. Uh, corrosion inhibitor doesn't do anything for wear. So if you have too much of one thing, it might be great for that, but if it's not enough of another, you're going to suffer. So that's why you properly formulate products and test them and validate them over and over to make sure that you've done the right job. So does that formulation... Okay, I guess let me try and uh, simplify this question that's going to be really complex in my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for setting the stage. Yeah, I'm going to distill this down to uh, to, uh, the the simplest uh, level. So I I guess what I'm trying to ask is, is there a standard when you see a certain, you know, obviously you've got the the rating system and the standards that are on every bottle of oil, quality bottle of oil anyway. Um, You got viscosity. Now, how much wiggle room do you have for your formulation within getting those grades of oil or getting that um, that sign off to be able to put, you know, the Petroleum Institute label or badge on there? Because if a manufacturer now comes with new metallurgy for their pistons, for their their block, and now the old additives you have don't work well with the metallurgy, how often are you guys having to kind of f- uh, solve for that? I guess. So if you take the if you take the diesel world just for example, what you're talking about is API uh, specification. So the diesel world in 2007 launched CJ4. That's the classification for 2007. We then came around 10 years later and launched CK4. That's the current specification for oil. So yes, there are minimum barriers to enter into the to to get the CK4 classification. So Yes, you must pass a certain amount of tests uh, that are out there. ASTM, SAE, all these different organizations specify these tests. You need to pass them or you fail and you can't claim CK4. So that's the minimum barrier. Every product that's sitting on any out-of-part shelf um, should be meeting those standards. And if they're not PQ or PQIA, we'll find them and test for them and kick them off the shelf. Um, but... That's the minimum level. Now you have lots of companies that will go from that minimal level to the sky's the limit and everywhere in between. And the consumer going to the auto parts shelf, looking at all the brands will never know. They will never know what type of product, what type of chemistry and how much more, or have they just met the CK4 standard? Um, to be on that shelf. Is price a generally a good indicator? And I know, for example, there are brands well, out if, there. Well, if it were, we could just charge $100 a quart. And so I'm like, oh, I'm going to get the best stuff. Well, that's what I'm asking. Is it is <laughs> how much of it is brand where you think you can get away with it? And how much of it is a quality oil that actually commands the premium because you're getting that those extra ingredients? The reason I ask is there's some popular brands out there 
that have been marketed really well that people would know mm-hmm. that are yes. crappy. Oh, uh, I so you know what I know. I know. Oh, they have a lot of they have no, a lot no, of racetracks no, named no, after them. No, do not. <laughs> weird. That's all I'm saying. No. Yep. No. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is mm-hmm. there's a lot of oil companies out there who pr- have a brand who provide a product. And a lot of it is leftover oil from other manufacturers, or it's the base oil, the stock oil isn't as good, but because they did a branding thing, you're like, oh, this must be good, and it really is not good. (laughs) (laughs) Well said. Okay, Mark? Yeah, there them there are those companies out there. I know who they are. Um, I have validated their products Um, in general. If you're going on the conventional level, from conventional to conventional, there's not a lot of price discrepancy there because everybody wants to compete compete for that same conventional 15 to 40 And it's, it's a price war, I'll tell you that. I mean, once you go up from there, the, dan- the most dangerous area that I would um, – I don't want to spend tons of time talking about because I might piss off a lot of people is the uh, synthetic blend area. So the synthetic blend area should be more than the conventional area, but the blend is, um, it is in our world when we deal with, with 100% synthetics, we look at the blends and we kind of cry because you could put in 2% of synthetic base oil into your 98% conventional product and say, I have a synthetic blend. Or you could be the guy that puts 30% into his and say the same thing. I have a synthetic blend. There is no rules on dictating what concentration of synthetic to put in the conventional to call it a blend. It's like, it's a crapshoot. All right, now, stay away from blends, once people. You go, once you go up to synthetics, now you the price point is going to go up. People need to command more for that because I'm putting more technology into that bottle. You know, uh, the base oil is much better. I'm probably putting in more concentrations of different additives to give you more performance. So the price, it will command more for the price. Within those synthetics, of all of those that are out there, there are some brands that are trying to command more price than others. You know, and that might be due to, you know, just the the volume that they make and sell per year. That might be due to their marketing budget and what they're trying to pay for. Um, some of those are insurgent brands, so... You know, they can they can try to command less of a price to try to break in and steal business from other synthetics. So, I mean, there's there's all that action going on that could, you know, reflect some of the variation of price in the in that top tier synthetic area. Okay, so synthetic to synthetic. Did we hit that already? No, we did not. I, I mean I want to know. I feel like if, this is a uh, it's a tenuous question. I, I mean, so <laughs> well, there's <clears throat> well. Uh, so if I know that, <laughs> if I you do, so you do realize I'm going to say that Amazon is the best, right? I know well, that. We, I know that. But we also know that. But we also know that it is, and we also know that you're an honest guy, and you're a friend, and so. But we don't. We understand Amsoil is the best, but we want to know how much bester is it? Well, so, okay, so you, you mentioned the word validation, Mark. So a lot of this is um, not unlike a person like Gail Banks, where you buy all yep. your competition, right? Every, every manufacturer of a 75W90 gear oil, something like that, and then you test all of them. And you know before, 
whether you've released yours to the public or maybe you're about to release your new uh, Severe Gear oil, something like that, before you release it, you want to know what the playing field looks like, right? Your competition. So Correct. you've got to know how to out-engineer them because if you don't, someone, they will test yours, right? And then Amsoil has a lot of data, which I found as I'm surfing through their website, which is really deep, and you can find all the data on every single oil they offer, every lubrication. And so how often do you come up against a hurdle, Mark, where you go, I don't know, that uh, that XYZ product out there is going to be hard to beat. So you go to uh, your CEO and he says, uh, that's that's going to cost us too much money to beat XX guy. Get out of my office, kid. Right, right. <laughs> or, or he's like, Nope, Mark. Here's here's a bankroll. Save the company, or you're fired. Go beat it. Do whatever you got to do. <laughs> right? Here's a blank check. Uh, tell me about that dynamic. Uh, it's interesting because we we've been in the business for quite some time now. We we do know where everybody plays. I mean, we 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 purchase their products, we tear them apart, but we rarely come across a competitor that has something that would be ooh like there's an eye opener. There's something unique, or or there's something that. Oh, that could be good. Um, we we have for decades put simply the best chemistry you can buy into a bottle. Um, so we rarely find a competitor that, that has something that would beat us in some sort of test. I mean, clearly we know where everybody is, but again, we'll we'll run all these tests and and, and we'll we'll. I mean, I don't want to toot my horn too much, but we come out on top repeatedly over and over. Some of the other insurgent brands that are out there that haven't been in the business for so long, they're doing the things that we did so long ago. They're buying up brands and they're testing them and they're they're kind of copycatting technology uh, and putting it into a different labeled bottle and selling it under a different brand. We, we, we don't need to do that. Now, let's talk about the, the facility and the process that a lot of your uh, oils go through. So you bring it in to on, on trains, right, into your building, into covered buildings. Yeah, rail cars. Um, yep. Yeah, rail cars. It comes in in, in mass. And then you – so explain the process from the rail car coming in and the and, – And the bottle going out. Yeah, the bottle going out. I mean, you, everything is in-house, right? You're, it's not a – nothing's private labeled. Everything is under your supervision, correct? Correct. Yeah, we don't we don't buy somebody else's uh, blending uh, capability. Do you feel, that, do you feel that in his voice right now, Holman? He's like, yeah, we do it all in-house. He's like, this, this <laughs> yeah. sucks. It's yeah. a lot of work. Here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, if 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 you went on uh, if you went on our production floor, sometimes you talk to some guys that are pounding out courts, and you're like, man, man, are we spinning them out? Anyhow, no, it's real. So we bring in we bring in a variety of different pack sizes based on the chemistry that we're after. So we buy base oil in, you know, truckload quantities and rail cars. We buy additives in, in truckload quantities and totes and drums and things, depending on what it is. And we QA everything that comes in, and then we store it in huge bulk tanks. So, I mean, we have 30,000 and 50,000-gallon bulk tanks. We have we have the capacity for like 1.2 million gallons of unfinished chemistry sitting in our building. Oh, my gosh. Seems like a under lot. Roof, un, under roof. So, I mean, in a heated, environmentally controlled building. And then we we have a very very electronically controlled um, load cell measured 
a blending system that does everything very precisely for us. And then we blend all this up, mix it under some heated conditions. We store it in these tanks. Um, we do some more QA to make sure we've got our formulations right. And then it goes through a series of pipes to whichever production line we need to run. So if it's so quartz wait, what or you're saying though, gallons, Mark, it's not, it's not a dude named Doug just pouring beakers of stuff into a big vat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's, got, have, he's got the big uh, wooden are, ore yeah, and he's like, those are spinning our chemists. Yeah. <laughs> those are our chemists. And that's Matt and Dale and Mike. Yeah. And Paul. Yeah. Those guys do that. No Doug lab. though. No Doug. But they don't yeah. do that. Doug um, was let go years ago. Thousands of gallons <laughs> basis. Doug fell into a vat. One. <laughs> he no, did. No, he oh, they churned him up. Hey, do you, do you offer tours? <laughs> uh, we do offer tours, Ooh. but oh, but you I don't mean, no podcast not for, not for yeah, us, right? <laughs> We're for too immature. No problem. Like if it was just like you know Joe and Larry off the street, we would probably not give them a tour uh, simply what, because. What if we came to you not, and brought the podcast listeners with us in a little recorder? Like not all of them with us, but brought with, them along for the a ride. Microphone, <laughs> right? Okay. Uh, and do you get like a little, a little itty bitty bottle of Amsoil at the end? Is like you know, sometimes you go to like a brewery and they give you like a a a, a, fly, a, a flight, a flight, yeah, a flight yeah. with a little, you know, a couple of ounce or whatever. Do you get like a little tiny Amsoil um, bottle? I can give you a little tiny Amsoil bottle, but it kind of is it's a duplicate as a flash drive. So you oh, can't pour it into your car, but you can stuff it in your computer. Oh, all right. That. Does okay. it make my computer faster? Um, Run smoother. You did a better, efficient, better heat. More horsepower. <laughs> exactly. I will provide more horsepower for your hard drive. <laughs> so I, I bet that most people do not know that Amsoil offers transmission fluid, uh, additives, uh, things like filters, gear lube, cleaners, and protectants. By, by the way, I props out for the gear lube. Dude, you, you make been, like brake cleaner. I've stuff. been using the Severe gear ever since it came out, which is probably, what, 10 years ago now? Well, Something dude, like that? how about the freaking Easy Pack? Whose bright idea okay. dude, was that? So the Easy Pack is awesome. <laughs> so they, they don't know yeah. what we're talking about. No, no, no. So basically, it's like if you have kids mm -hmm. and they have an applesauce pouch and you say and they want, Dad, I, I want applesauce, and you give your two-year-old and she can like- Squeeze it. it. Yeah. It's a squeezable. It's, it's a giant one of those for gear oil, so you don't get it everywhere. It's freaking awesome. Yeah, and you can it you can a... you can kneel over the the spout and just curve it yeah. in, and yeah, and it's got a uh, what uh, like a a, no a a nozzle a nozzle yeah <laughs> oh, a really fine tip nozzle something yeah exactly a Appli it, applicator a, yeah. a tip a tip sure <laughs> a does. does it have a yeah. reservoir well, no, no, not a reservoir it doesn't, yes. doesn't have one of those. Right. <laughs> but it has pretty much the same tick of, uh, tip as your standard uh, gear loop bottle. I know you guys have used those things. Oh, How many times yeah. have you gotten through that bottle and been like, well, there's half of that. And what the heck do I do with that? Uh, in fact, I – okay, so I've been using Severe <laughs> Gear for a long time. Uh, great for off-roaders. Great for anybody who has a truck that does a lot of work, diesel truck towing. Um, the amount of, I guess, viscosity, you guys have a 75 weight or 90 weight, but it's also extremely tacky, which means that it doesn't all drain off of your, your uh, gear faces. And it also helps to contribute to controlling uh, driveline shock loads and things like that. It's a great, it's a great product. I've been, I've been using it and running it in everything that I own since it's, since it's come out. Well, I was cleaning out my garage the other day and there it was, a square bottle of Amsoil Severe Gear with like four four ounces left in it. And yep. I just looked at it and it's all sad. And I was like, man, you didn't even Still die good. a hero. <laughs> Is it, I was going to ask Still you good. about that. Is What's the shelf stability? What's the shelf life of, of Amsoil? We, um, we say five years unopened bottle. Okay. 
Um, so if it's a sealed bottle, no issues, five years, no problems. Like after you open it and it sits around for a while, like we don't necessarily know what kind of humidity it's been in, the kind of environment it's been in. I mean, we have people that open bottles and use them for years and years and never had problems, but our warrantable shelf life, no questions asked, is five years sitting on your shelf. If I have bottles that are older than that, can I trade them for a new uh, Easy Pack with some well, fresh product in it? Depends. Like, how old? I mean, if we're talking vintage, that has some value to us, and we might want them. <laughs> uh, I, but if it's like six or seven years? No. Old, wait, so wait. No. When, when, when was Amsoil founded? No, by no, the, no, no, uh, no, no. It's when, <laughs> when did by Severe, Al. By, by Al Senior. When did Severe Gear come out? Because I think I've got five bottles left because i got a whole case. And so whenever I do a gear... Did you bring yeah. them on as a guest just to try and get free beer no, no, oil? No, 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 no. I'm not... This is not about getting free oil. I can, <laughs> okay. By the way, says the guy who can get free Amsoil at work all day long <laughs> well, because of true. your tie-up. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, so here's the deal. I think I have bottles that are close to 10 years old. I think you might want them to do scientific analysis to see how shelf-stable they've been in a garage in Huntington Beach, California. And I would be willing to trade that for fresh product for the uh, <laughs> for the next gear lube change. Let me offer you that. I'm, I'm sure we can work up work something out here. But let me let me offer you this. If I took one of those quartz back and I ran some analysis on it and I told you it was still good to use, would you stuff it in your rear end? Hell yeah. Right in my rear end, in my front end too, because <laughs> I got two of them. <laughs> what, I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even think twice about it. In fact, I was so I've got to go at some point go get my JL, which has a gear swap. I got to drive it cross country to get it home. So when I got home, I was going to swap <gasps> Wait, out the gear. You loop. bought a JL? Yeah, and uh, <laughs> everyone so, knows that. Mark. So the plan was, I better have a diesel in it. <sighs> nope, doesn't. No, because I'm I'm a manual guy. Sorry. Oh, nope. Plus, I don't listen. Uh, we can go down that road really quick. It's not that the diesel JL isn't great, because it is, and it won our four-wheeler uh, SUV of the year, and it's phenomenal. And it's way better, that Eco Diesel in the JL, way better than in the truck. There's almost no turbo lag. It's great, blah, 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 blah. couple reasons. Number one, automatic only. Number two, aftermarket, we'll have to make good. some changes for the chassis, because uh, things are hanging in different places like the DEF tank. You Because the DEF tank, you have a smaller fuel tank, drops down from, I think, 21 or 22 gallons down to 18 and a half or something like that. So even though you get more range and more miles per gallon, you still have less fuel, which on a vehicle that's going to go off-road a lot and be in the middle of nowhere, I'm never okay with that. Plus, having to add and carry with you an additional fluid with the DEF fluid, and what happens with when you're <laughs> off-road and it goes into regen mode, or worse yet, you have a DEF fault because there's dirt or what? I just... Sticking with gas. Gas and a manual, dude. I'm easy. So anyway, the plan you. was get it home, and I was going to do a, a, a gear lube change with the Amsoil I have in my flame cabinet in my garage. But I, if you say it's good, plan's still golden. I'm still going to do it. Otherwise, I'm going to go to Banks, and I noticed that uh, my man Lightning here has a whole, like, Retail end cap full of stuff. I was gonna go oh, do it. Indi- I was gonna do an Indiana Jones, <laughs> and I was gonna grab all the easy packs and put quart do the bottles. Swap already. Yeah, you never notice. Yeah. Uh, now, did you see the end cap on, in North Engineering or the other one in South Engineering? Uh, which one did I steal from? Do you mean? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I stole from you just both. Steal from both. <laughs> yeah, because that way you wouldn't notice anything yeah. missing. They sent us a lot of stuff. I didn't know they had gun oil. Oh, yeah, I they have, have. They have oil from cur- for compressors. Uh, for I am out of your gun oil. Bar, I use bar and chain oil. I recently uh, hydraulic oil. Had to switch my Anti- oils because I was out of Amsoil coolant. gun oil. Can did, we talk about the gun oil for a minute? I guess sure. Yeah. Okay, so we can th- talk about all of these things. They, they get back to your question. Like, yes, we have products nearly for every 
uh, hole you could put lubricant in in a car, a truck. <laughs> All right. Oh, just do it, Lightning. He's shaking. He has to do it. I know. Hold oh, on. Second, he, he's he's shaking right now. He's. That's what she said. Think, are you okay? okay. Yeah, I'm got it out. Okay. <laughs> oh man, you should see. He was literally like foaming at the mouth. Well, because I got scolded by HR. They're yeah. like, "Don't play that so often." No, we don't. Like well, that. that's because you went on a tirade where you did like thirty of them in a row, and no. then it was like, "That's what she said." Oh. <laughs> Just, just trying to get us in trouble again. Mm-hmm. Hey, you want to talk about Gunloop? Yes, I you do. To, so I ran this project for the company. Do you want to know probably the most fun product development activities you can do <laughs> for a lubricant company? Uh, shoot guns? You can say, hey, we really should come out with a really sweet gun loop. Well, how are we going to validate that <laughs> uh, with guns? Yeah. So, okay. Uh, the range. I tried a different product, which I like, uh-huh. but I also really like the Amsoil gun oil. How did you tell the difference? It's just smooth how long it lasts. Like, okay, so I have a 1911, so anybody who's a gun person knows 1911. And it's a great gun. It's an NM for It's a Springfield Armory range officer. It's an NM frame, which means it's the American frame, not the Brazilian frame, which is kind of, a, you know, whatever. It's the tighter tolerances and all that stuff. The 1911, after, I don't know, 250, maybe 500 rounds, it gets a little gummy because the frame tolerances are pretty tight on that gun. And so what happens is they'll shoot around, and the slide looks like it's moving back at half speed. It's almost comical. It's like, boom, boom. Really? Yeah, is that gummy? Oh, it's that gummy. And so the Amsoil stuff that I found when I've used it, my 1911 likes to eat a lot of, especially if you're doing re, you know reloads and stuff that's really dirty, it seems like the Amsoil lasts longer and keeps that slide happy, and I don't have to field strip it as often, which I should do after every time I shoot bad ammo. But anyway, how did the gun oil come to be? And why is it better? And why do I like it so much? Because it, obviously it works well with my guns. But what what's the reason it works so well? It it works so well because we put the same amount of rigor and testing and chemistry and energy into that product as we do everything else we do. We had some people in our office that kind of did some home brewing up in our chemical lab and and did this kind of on the side and said, oh, yes. I got this firearm loop right. I I use it on my guns, but it was never like a company wide product. So we we used it for a while, and uh, we said, "Boy, we really should, we really should do some of this." Like we have tons of outdoor enthusiasts that buy our products. What are the odds that they don't have guns, right? So it's kind of a natural fit. So we started to go down the path of collecting a bunch of guns of a variety of different sizes and calibers and actions and and what have you. And then we took them all to the range. Mark, that's what we call uh, that's what we call doing the Lord's work. By the way. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And we uh, we started measuring stuff, and we started uh, buying up every branded firearm product that you could have out there, and uh, measuring in our own lab what what is and what's not. And um, it's it's highly disappointing, actually, because of the things that I have used in my long past and whatever uh, lots of other people use. You know, there, there's not much there. Are you saying, Mark, that it, you actually it was easy to beat those guys? Based on the, yeah, the tools you, you had. You did your analysis and realized that the gun oil everybody loves, which there's only about, I'd say, three to five brands that people are like, I'm a this guy, I'm a that guy, and I won't name them. But are you saying that that stuff isn't very high quality? Because I always wondered. The massive brands that are on your, you know, built up into cleaning rod kits and sold at Walmart and whatever else, the big mass brands, there's not much there. Like if you were to go spend some time on some gun forums and whatever else, 
you'll quickly lead yourself down a path to about three or four brands that are pretty decent chemistry, you know, and, and we looked at them and we tested them against ours and, you know, they rank, you know, you know, close, if not a little bit on the South side of where we're at. So we, we wanted to make sure that we beat the people that we knew from the forum side and from the three gun match shooting side and from competition, this, whatever, that's what they're using. We want to make sure that we beat those guys. So we, we use them as the benchmark. And, 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 you're, and it's not expensive, by the way, it starts at $7 and 55 cents. Now that's full retail and the hundred percent synthetic firearm lubricant and protectant. I don't mm-hmm. know if anybody else claims to be a protectant. They all just claim to be a lubricant. Uh, $10 and 50 cents. I mean, you're not talking about huge money. Is that the oil that the lubrication that doubles as a supercharger oil? Well, here's the thing. We don't market it as that, but I'm going to tell you right now, people find some strange things to do with our products. <laughs> what do you uh, recommend for supercharger lubrication? Abs oil supercharger ass. lube? <laughs> we don't have a product <laughs> branded just for that. <laughs> that is one thing I'd probably have to spend a few more minutes looking into. What are the what are the real requirements of what that thing needs? It's because I have a, a newly acquired old supercharger on a car, <laughs> and uh, I I went on all the forms, and the guy's like, uh, "No, we don't. The mechanics don't recommend changing it." And I'm like, and no, some guys will be like, every hundred thousand miles. I it think. was well, yeah. I did find a couple guys said it's safe to do it every hundred thousand yeah. miles, and mine's at eighty thousand, eighty, yeah, eighty yeah, one thousand miles. And I go, and they don't make it easy to change. No, dude. you have to pull the whole blower off. Well, depending sure. on the style. No, there's another way. You can use this little tiny straw suction and device. Suck it out. To, yeah, you you'll never like, get it. Oh out. God. Yeah, that sounds convenient. Yeah, it's not convenient, <laughs> so no one ever does it. But I don't know how. I'd be curious how dirty it is. In how how bad do superchargers get? Uh, I don't know. I guess you don't know because you don't make an oil for it. You haven't done any testing. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we have something that we could use in there. I mean, we have, again, a bunch of different stuff. I mean, we here, here's a strange thing. Like I said, people do some strange things. We have a specific guy. I'm not going to name him. He makes a really good race transmission. Doug. He uses, he uses, <laughs> our, Doug. He, <laughs> he uses our compressor oil in his race transmission. And then, yeah, so I found this out and I had a conversation with him over the phone and I'm like, how did you get to this recommendation? He's like, it was a long story. And then from a technical side, I boiled down what he was after as he was after the viscometrics of that product at a specific temperature. By the way, congratulations, Viscometrics. Yeah, as using, yeah. as using a word never before uttered on the podcast and never be uttered again. <laughs> yeah, no, I think he gets a, a point. Yeah, de- definitely at least a point. Yep. So, okay, so talking about using different fluids for novel things, um, I was uh, out with General Motors, and they have a deal with Multimatic on one of the on the Hall's race truck, and so they have their big Multimatics on the Silverado. And so for desert racing, they actually take the oil – that they would use in the production version of those, those shocks, and they use uh, aircraft hydraulic fluid for the race shocks, which I thought oh, was yeah. pretty fascinating. Sure. But, I mean, if you think about it, it's just a hydraulic piston and a rod, so it makes M- sense. Please make a note, Mark, unimpressed by your story. Yeah, completely. <laughs> completely. <laughs> okay, go silly yeah, boy. I mean, okay, podcasting shock. guy, do whatever you're going to do. <laughs> I'll just sit here and listen. Well, a shock is just a, a big hydraulic device, yeah. right? I mean, it's, just, it's all hydraulic. Well, basically, uh, they were looking for a certain temperature, especially on the, the hot range side of it in extreme yep. conditions and yep. you know, impervious to uh, contamination and things like that and all the things you're looking for, actually 
actually exist in, I guess, in the aviation world because of how that needs to be reliable. So they're uh, they're running it in their shocks, and they found out they could buy it in like five gallon barrels at the airport right. down the road. So now you've got five gallons of shock oil, and it's not specialized. It's you find it yeah, anywhere. They're they're looking for again. I think the right fiscal metrics and the right temperature. No, he did it again. They're looking for the right viscosity at the, at the temperature range. Like we have, we have a bunch of race teams too that we sponsor and we do some specialized work with them for their suspension systems to get the appropriate uh, viscosity in there. So they get the right dampening and the right rebound and everything else. Right. Mark, I have a question for you. Your motorcycle test where you took the Harley, the V twin and you fried it. What yeah. was what was that about? What were you trying to prove or find out? And explain. So you put you put a Harley on a dyno. You ran it as hard as you could. You didn't give it any air, so it almost it overheated, didn't it? And then you pulled the oil. Yeah. What did you find? So what we're testing for is <clears throat> we want to show how our product can withstand extreme conditions in that bike. So, I mean, the conditions we put that bike in, you as an owner of a Harley would never find that on the road. But if something were to go wrong and, you you know, and something happened to the bike and whatever, uh, and you're going through 120 degree temperatures in Texas and stop and go conditions and you're heavy on the throttle or whatever, and, you know, something happened, right? Your bike would withstand those temperatures with our oil for a period of time. And that's what we wanted to show people is, hey, if you're going to run your bike hard, use a product that is capable of managing those temperatures without breaking down and causing a bunch of varnish and wear to the engine. And As a matter of fact, we have a Harley sitting on a dyno right now, and we're kind of doing a similar deal. So, Did you damage the engine? Um, no, you're just, you're, you're just taxing the oil. Back to the conventional realm, I mean, you take a conventional and do that, you're going to burn up the oil. It's going to develop a whole bunch of varnish, and yeah, you could damage the engine. Um, what kind of temps? The, what kind of temps are you seeing there? I mean, give us an example of when we can expect to see that oil oxidizing and actually burning. And well, I mean, the oil's oil's not going to start turning into varnish until you expose it to temperatures up and beyond, you know, 260, 270 degrees Fahrenheit. And every every 10 degrees that you go beyond that is the rate of oxidation rapidly increases. So, I mean, you run an oil at 300 degrees. And it's going to oxidize pretty fast. Conventional oil is going to oxidize pretty fast. Our synthetic oil will not. Now, does our product eventually break down when exposed to those temperatures? Yes. It's not in, it's not impervious to temperature, but it can manage those temperatures for a heck of a lot longer. Okay. couple. Why can't I walk into O'Reilly and buy freaking AMS oil? <laughs> Ah, so <laughs> is that wait wait is that for you personally? You yes. can just go to work and get some. Yes, what do you care? no, because honestly, before we had it at work, yeah, I mean, I didn't know. I mean, obviously, I can go to Amazon.com and yeah. I can buy it, right? And it'll yep. get shipped to me. I think they have a warehouse in in Las Vegas. Yeah, so it's close. It gets to me the next yep. day. But I uh, something ha- I I you know what it happens i think is you you bring your truck to four wheel parts or you got a buddy it's on the lift and you're doing work and all of a sudden you realize oh crap i bought the gears but i forgot the oil so you got it. this happens to everybody you forget a bolt or you forget the oil you always forget something and you that's why auto parts stores are in existence so you can do it last minute i think otherwise everything would just be online so you, 
you, I, I go in there. I'm like, I want the freaking Amswell, and it's not there. So then I have to go on their website and go to their dealer finder and and find a performance shop that has it. So why? How did that model originate way back when? It's a it's a, it's an MLM model. It's a dealer business model. We have lots of independent dealers throughout this country, which means the two of you could sign up to be independent dealers, sell Amsoil, you know, make commissions on every sale, make some money for yourself, and sell the brand. Like that's how the company was started, and that's continued how uh, how we try to do things today. Now, yes, we have online sales uh, that's growing. We have some retail stores. Um, but they're not uh, plentiful across this country. Um, it, it, it's just a it's a different way of going to, you know, it's a different business strategy. It's a different way to go to market. Um, so we offer this business model to, uh, so that other people can try to make some money selling this product. One byproduct to, to taking your approach in this business model is that you have brand advocates like no other. Your Amsoil dealers, which which are which are these are gearheads for the most part. At least the guys that I've found, they're not schlocky real estate salesmen. These these guys and gals are hardcore. Like they are racers, they're shop owners, they're mechanics, and they love the product. Whereas other guys are like, yeah, I use X brand. I, I like this. I like this synthetic over here. But it's not like that with Amsoil with Amsoil fans. No, they're, they are they're hardcore. Hardcore. And, uh, like f- some of them straight bleed Amsoil. You find a lot of those guys are the types that are hugely data-driven too. And I think that Amsoil attracts that type of person because they are so free with data. And I know a lot of people. In fact, going back to the early days when the first time I heard about Amsoil were people on forums talking about having oil analysis done. And I learned more from those guys talking about this is what my engine was doing here. This is what it was doing after. I have to look out for my bearings because there's a certain amount of this in the oil, you know, on and on and on. And I always thought that was really fascinating because I had never – you put uh, quality oil in your engine, you leave it alone, you don't care. It's something you revisit every three to 5,000 miles, whatever. And I, you know, I worked the quick lube line at a Ford dealership, at a Honda dealership, was touching oil all day long, putting all sorts of different kinds in. Synthetic back then was a blend, I think, and it was a, it was a um, up, upcharge. So it's like, make sure you grab the synthetic. It came out of a big hose from the ceiling, you know, wasn't in a special package or anything. So who knows what it was. So I had never really thought about oil being anything more than just a fluid you throw in your car. Having people put data behind it, I always thought that was fascinating. Yeah, the nice thing about our dealers really is the one sales training that we don't have to provide them is that energy enthusiasm behind the product. Like we we provide, you know, lots of tips and tricks how to be decent salespeople, you know, how to ask the right questions, how to approach people you know, kind of the sales 101 type of training thing. But you can't teach someone how to be enthusiastic about something. You can't teach somebody how to be credible about something. Like those dealers that we have, they bring that credibility and and that enthusiasm because that's probably something they do. It might be one of their hobbies or something they're very proactive in. And it makes it more natural for them to sell a performance product that meets that niche, you know? So I'm kind of curious to talk about viscosities really quick. I'm just curious, what is the most popular viscosity in America? I think, uh, you know, growing up it was probably 10W30. Is that still the case? And what happens when you get people who 
uh, change their viscosity because maybe they're in a colder climate or they want better fuel economy? Are, are there risks associated with that? Actually, the, the most popular viscosity, you know, back when, back when we were kids or even before that was 1040. 1040. So then it went. Then it went to because of the uh, the the fuel crisis in the '80s. We went and wanted more fuel economy cars. It's when all the muscle cars went belly up and they put four bangers in them. Hence, we had the Mustang II made of compressed rust, no power. <laughs> right? I mean, so then we went to 30 weights. 5W30 was the long-standing viscosity for decades. Well, a couple anyhow. And then what we've gone to is now 20 weights. So 530, 530 is still really popular. 520 or 020 has become really popular. Zero seemed um, to really start kind of making a, a play when the hybrids and the Prius and things like that started coming out, right? That's sort of when Zero came into the scene. Well, you, you can't make a Zero without synthetic. So oh, as synthetic grows in popularity... Hence, the people have gone to zero. So, yeah, you, you just can't make those zeros without some synthetic in it. Let me ask you, Mark, should I go by the manufacturer spec or should I go to amsoil.com and get your recommendation? Um, you're kind of doing one and the same. I mean, we take the OEM's input into every recommendation that we have. It's why if you look at the back of any of our labels, there's a laundry list of specifications, you know, uh, from a variety of different OEMs on there. The one nice thing that we have, you know, you can look in your owner's manual for whatever car you have, but it's probably going to tell you that OEM brand and then go ahead and try to find that OEM brand at your auto parts store. It'll be impossible. We have a lookup guide. So you go to our amsoil.com, hit our lookup guide, and it'll tell you every fluid under the sun you need for that car from engine, transmission, fuel additives, filters, coolants, grease, whatever. Wow. Super easy to use, um, and it's the right products for your car. Huh. Our lives are just about to they're gonna get easier. They're simpler every <laughs> I feel day. like we can be lazier. You know, it's simpler through science. Yeah, Thanks, Amsoil. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's their new. It's no longer is it uh, first in synthetics. It's simpler through science. Thanks, Uncle Amsoil. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Timmy, have you heard about synthetic lube? <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> You're going to get us in trouble. I you got to stop. Probably. Sorry. Oh, I got to take that button off your keyboard but again. But Mark is credible. He's going to get us out of trouble. You know what I mean? I hope so. It offsets our childhood. Uh, child, uh, yeah, I can ch- do I can do some things, but I cannot, I cannot do wonders, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, our childlike wonder sometimes gets in the way of our uh, professional jobs here. I'm going to go see Childlike Wonders tomorrow night at the Roxy. Uh, are you? Are no, they, no, I, I can't. Are they, up, are they opening up for a synthetic loop? Uh, they might, well, the whole show is, uh, it's, it might be canceled because of the uh, six foot rule right now that we <laughs> yeah. happen. So, oh, by the way, are we, yeah, well, I guess we're six feet away. We're about five it, and a half Five feet and a half, yeah. Yeah. Hey, hold on. You're moving. Uh, yeah, we're good. Sorry. I'm back to, we're legal <laughs> yeah. again. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I feel like we've learned a fair amount about, uh, lubrication and Amsoil. Holman, you as well. I mean, I could go on for another hour. Can you? Oh, yeah. I got all sorts of questions. I don't think we should. I think uh, uh, it's, it's late. Are you, are you calling it? I I feel bad we've had Mark on the phone this long. <laughs> I guess we should let people know that uh, if they want to check out the entire Amsoil catalog, amsoil.com. Okay. Yeah, good place. Good, good place to start surfing. Hit our lookup guides. You'll find what you need. All right. Well, we learned a lot. Technical product manager for the heavy duty division at uh, Amsoil, Mark Nyholm. Thanks, buddy. 
Thanks, guys. We'll talk best. to you soon. Talk to you soon. See. Once again, Holman, I think I embarrassed us. Um, <laughs> you know, I, and I, it's funny because I don't think you ever mean to. Yet we uh, it always seems to be the outcome. <laughs> what is wrong with me? Well, maybe our listeners will uh, cheer you up with some emails. Ah, uh, yeah, I hope so. You email, yeah. No? You just wrecked it. Yeah, I did. You are Wreck It Ralph. Yeah. Set it on my way. I'll destroy it. Okay. Just like I do every episode on this podcast. All right. Hey, uh, you want to get into some uh, inbox here? I handed you some of your own to read. Sure. I'm going to start this one. I'm going to do, let's start with Sam. Oh, damn. Sam is legit. He's from Fab Fours. Uh, I believe he is. The bumper company. uh, Look at his title. CFO. <laughs> so remember, uh, rich guys listening to the show. Yeah, yeah uh, Sam probably is in there. Hey, Sam, would you buy one of those Escalade limos from Lexani and then There's put no way. Fab Four bumpers on it? No. Oh, that would be urban funny. assault vehicle. <laughs> yeah. Urban assault limo. Now nah, he's into off road. He's give a rat's ass about uh, limo. Yeah, but how rad is it if you put a grumper over the front of a new Escalade? <laughs> ah, oh, that would. Do be you know crazy. how many people you would scare with that thing coming down the road? It would look it would military. Awesome. It would look like uh, something that Trump would drive. Hey, Sam, get back to us on that. Yeah. I, I, you know, call it the uh, Truck Show Podcast Edition. All right, Sam says, uh, Lightning and Holman, as I'm pulling into work, I'm listening to the show, specifically the email about running out of gas near Escanaba, Michigan. By the way, Escanaba is a nice town. I've been there quite a few times in my past life in the paper industry. Wow, he's in the paper industry going to Fab Fours. That's kind of a... Uh, a uh, pivot, as I, they say. I went from law enforcement into uh, writing about cars, so gotcha. I feel okay. I feel his uh, jump. So anyway, he says, uh, I'm pissed now because I've got this stuck in my head. Phenomenon. 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 And uh, what would that be from, Lightning? I don't know. Why were we singing that in the last <laughs> it was, episode? The last episode, you and I, there's something, and we looked at each other. Manamana. We menomenon at the exact same time. Manamana. So at least that was appreciated by someone more than us. And Sam closes it out with saying, you bastards. <laughs> Keep up the good work. And he says, hashtag the G is silent. And hashtag, yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Uh, by the way. Wait. Wait a minute, Holman. Yes. Soak this in. Yeah, buddy. That's Mike Finnegan. You it pull, sure You is. pulled it off a roadkill, didn't you? Yeah, buddy. Yeah, we have it. All right, Mike. You're busted, pal. We've had several listeners tell us about this, and now we have the clip. You were just going to blow right past that. I was. Uh, I've been waiting all show to play well, that. Well, the whole thing is Sam said uh, bastages. Yeah. Made me think about the old men in the balcony from the Muppets. Yeah. And, and I wondered... Quietly, do they ever call people bastages from up there? I think yes. <laughs> Probably. By the way, do you know? People don't know their names. Do you know their names? <sighs> Come on. Uh, Come on. I'm counting on I you. I have known them in the past, oh. but I don't know them now. And as soon as you say them, yeah. I'm going to go, ah, it's like Milton and something. Yeah, it's Milton and something. What is it? 
Milton and something. No, what's what are the names? Stetler and Waldorf. Stetler and Waldorf. See, <laughs> I love those old guys. Okay. Hey, you're, Bear. You're up. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I got one here from Wayne York. Says Truck Talk. He says, uh, Hey guys, I'm Wayne and I'm 21 years old and I'm from Southeast Kansas. I found you guys from when Fred Williams and later David Freiberger appeared on the early episodes and have been listening ever since. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Uh, bear with me as I have been meaning to write you guys for a long time now and have a lot of comments from the last two years, so this might get lengthy. I'm a Chevy guy who also got into Jeeps at 18. My interests are 4x4 stuff and big lifted trucks and Jeeps. My first was a 95 GMC Sierra K1500 Z71. Solid choice. Uh, and since then, I've acquired a grand total of 23 vehicles, some of which include... Wait, wait, wait. Pause, pause, pause. Yeah. He's how old again? 21. He has more vehicles than years <laughs> he's been alive. Oh, my God. Uh, 62 Chevy C20. 71 Chevy K20. 79 Chevy K5 Blazer. 80 Chevy Love 4x4. And then various OBS Chevys and various Jeep Cherokees. Says, I'm well known by my friends for buying unnecessary vehicles and parts. I do get a thrill from buying old vehicles and attempting to get them running once again, though. He says, uh, back in April 2019, my buddy and his wife were looking to buy a new truck, and they were really considering a new Nissan Titan. He says, uh, I'd also be interested in hearing about some axle swaps on your show. By the way, I'm working on that. I've got an email out to a friend of ours. Solid axle swaps? Yes. Okay. And, uh, and awesome hardcore off-road parts. Okay. It says, uh, whether putting in larger axles in vehicles or solid axle swapping in vehicles, specifically my 89 OBS Chevy, says he also wants to hear about a possible tire sewed. Huh. A tire sewed. It'd be interesting. I know we've kind of oh, talked yeah. about that a little bit. Who would we get? Uh, I would know we could get Toyo, get Mickey Thompson. I'm sure we'd get BF Goodrich. Uh, oh, Milestar. Mm. Um, maybe Nitto. I mean, do how, how deep do we want to go? It would be interesting getting three General? On. Continental? Three. I mean, yeah. we know the guys at all those companies. Oof. Anyway, great show, guys. Love the jingles and banner in the interviews. Can't find another show like it. And please, more Jeep stuff. And go ahead, Lightning. Plug all your lines. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Mounted parameters. Mounted engine parameters. And five stars. Five star review. Five stars. All right, this one's from Dalton, and he says, Hey, guys of the Truck Show podcast. I've emailed once about Lightning's old truck, so you've got an email from me before. My daily is an 09 Silverado 2500 HD crew cab short box with a 6 liter, but I think you'll like my C10 a little better. I have a 72 C10 four-speed manual that I rescued from a field. (laughs) Okay. The story behind the truck is that my dad traded the truck for a set of cylinder heads many years ago, and then he just parked it in the field. A couple years ago, he gave me the truck, and then we proceeded to put a 350 in it. Now I just cruise around in it and do sweet burnouts. (laughs) The coolest thing about the truck is the amount of rust. It's beyond patina, way beyond patina. It's completely... It's, <laughs> Yours is so beyond patina that there's nothing there to hold a patina. Yeah, he said it's completely <laughs> rusted out. I can see the road through the floor. Same with me, buddy. I'm from Minnesota, and so is the truck, and the salt has not been kind to it. Not many people expect a rust bucket to be able to do sweet burnouts like this thing does, uh, but it is definitely cool. By the way, I'm 19 and going to school for engineering. Hope to eventually work in the automotive aftermarket. So, Holman, he's going to need some advice. Love the show and anxiously await each new episode. If you want to share the video on social media, go ahead, which he attaches here. Uh, And, yes, it does have a line lock. Thanks for the great work you do, and uh, you guys are making a lot of people happy. Thanks, Dalton, 
That's uh, thanks for the kind words. And so he's going to school for engineering. And uh, Holman would say, um, get an apprenticeship somewhere. I think that would be your advice, right? Uh, sure. No? No, I, I mean... You're uh, big into vocational I, uh, arts. I, I do agree with that. I think that uh, the best thing you can do is go to school. Uh, if you can get an internship or something through a company, but also get on LinkedIn and start friending people or finding people to connect with in your professional network who own aftermarket companies and start to get into that circle to, so you can get your name out there. This episode brought to you by LinkedIn. <laughs> All right. Got one here from uh, Brian Verico, and he says, 2020 XD towing options. He says, Lightning and Holman. So if the new 2020 Titan XD is supposed to be heavily focused on towing compared to the regular half-ton Titan... Then why can't we get a larger fuel tank? Even if Nissan were to offer a larger fuel tank as an option, like most other manufacturers do, I would happily pay $500 for a 36-gallon tank over the standard 26-gallon tank. Figure if you're towing 10,000 pounds with your XD and averaging close to 10 miles per gallon, that means you only get 250 to 260 miles of range out of a full tank, which is not enough. It's unfortunate that the Titan and XD both lack support in the aftermarket, unlike Toyota and the big other and the other big three brands, both Transfer Flow and Titan Tanks, make larger size direct replacement drop-in fuel tanks for all the other full-size pickups, including a 46-gallon for the Tundra. Please, Nissan or Aftermarket, make this an option with the new 2020 XD. I feel it's one of the few major flaws of the new truck. I'm just amazed that they offer the XD with a standard-equipped gooseneck towing package, yet they overlooked an optional larger fuel tank. I've been thoroughly enjoying the last few episodes. Please keep up the great work. And... Five stars. Five star review. Five stars. All right, Brian. Uh, I will tell you that the Nissan Titan does have aftermarket support. Um, it might not be as great as some of the other vehicles out there, but you look at great brands like Icon, who's developed kits around it and whatnot. You're specifically talking about the uh, fuel tank. I agree. In fact, in my Titan XD review that I did for Four Wheeler and Truck Trend, um, I talk about how there should be a larger tank. I know our friends at Nissan um, were actively working on one. I don't know if it's a late availability, if it's still coming. What I can tell you is Transfer Flow offers a 50-gallon midship uh, replacement fuel tank. Now, the Transfer Flow, I think that's a that's metal, right? Yes. Yep. Whereas our friends at Titan Fuel Tanks, yep. don't they offer a an ABS or roto-molded version? Uh, so I'm getting to that. Okay. So the 50-gallon Nissan Titan midship tank from Transfer Flow, um, but it goes up to the 2019 XD crew cap. My guess is because the underpinnings are mostly similar, it'll work on the 20, or if they have to make a couple changes, they're probably coming out with a 20 soon. So there's that option. And then, as you mentioned, Lightning, uh, our friends over at Titan, which, by the way, aren't they coming on soon? Uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, I sent him uh, our, our calendar. So oh, I, think he's, I think he's already in. Yeah, I think for a couple weeks from now, right? Yes. Something like that? Yeah. All right. Uh, anyway, they do have a 2016 to 2019 Titan XD 6-foot 7-inch bed, which is the XD. And their tank is also 50 gallons, but it's the uh, military-grade crosslink polymer, the XLHDPE, as they call it. It's a quarter-inch thick and built to outlast all the competitors, so they say. So there are actually options out there. The As far as the fuel system, I don't think there's a lot of changes uh, between a 19 and a 20. So you might find out with little or no modifications those work, or contact the manufacturers. Or we can ask Mike when he comes on from Titan if he plans on offering a... Uh, uh, a tank for the 20s or updating the uh I think they will. The fit. Yeah. Yeah. So enough uh, of the guys with the Titans toe. There's there's kind of Oh yeah. For, yeah. for sure. Okay. So if you can if you can solve that in the aftermarket, then uh, go get yourself a Titan XD. Yeah. Destination food is the subject line from Ryan Evans. Next time you guys are in the Detroit metro, we're going to have to arrange some fresh made beef jerky at Richmond Meat Packers. 
got to get the smokehouses churning. Maybe some briskets. And if it's summertime and uh, Saturday a.m., chances are whole hog be roasting in the smokehouses. The local bar buys fresh ground beef to round it out for effect. And uh, that sounds, uh, it's got you all over that whole Yeah, I uh, might have to uh, hit up Ryan next time I'm in Detroit. <coughs> Picking up my Jeep. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Oh, You're going to have to go get soon. it. Oh, I was going to go get it anyway. I'm not throwing away a perfectly you... good road trip. No, but let's go. Yeah. No. You want to? This split... is when Holman looks at me and split he... gas with me. I'll split gas. Right, let's do I'll... it. How about I'll pay for the gas? Done. We'll do it. Say when? Uh, as soon as we're allowed to travel again. Uh, I mean, we can just pretend that we're you know working for like the Department of Justice or something, and just like <laughs> we're we're on official <laughs> government. It's duty. not martial law. You can still travel, but I I can't get out there right now, and and our company doesn't want anybody traveling and all that. Good uh, stuff, neither so. does mine. But uh, I think we need to do it. Can we do it? Let me ask you this: mm-hmm. I could take a Friday or a Monday off. Okay. Can we do it? it uh, well, are we going to fly there and drive back? Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, then we can totally do it. Yeah. It's three days to get home. So we're gonna or bonsai, or we stop along the way in Moab and get photos. I, we got a ton of stuff we're doing with it with uh, four wheeler. We fly. We fly Thursday night. We get there. I'm, you meet me there Thursday night. I'll be there Wednesday because I've got work to do. Okay, got content and videos and all that stuff to do around it. And then uh, I pick you up at the airport, and then we head west. I'm so down. But I need you to hold the camera and stuff because we got to get footage and hopefully Moab and other places. That's what I do. That's what I do, homie. Come on now. I mean, if you're down, I'm down. Put it on the calendar. I'm, I'm de- well, let's it was on the. Some, I just took it off the calendar. Well, let's go get some road trip. All right, all right. I'm, I'm down. Okay, I like that. I like you, that. Go, what you got over there? Uh, I got one here from uh, Mike. Just Mike from Danville. All right, what up, Mike? He says, uh, "Know your notes, Lightning and Holman. Hey guys, great show. Keep up the good work. But you should both be ashamed of yourselves. We are all the uh, time. Yeah, every day. That's w- nothing. W- what new. is this about? Don't though? wag your finger at us. We we <laughs> accept that uh, regularly. Dude, I wake up and I'm embarrassed to be me. <laughs> Do you ever look in the mirror and you're like, God, that's rough. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I had uh, I've got my my COVID hair. So as you know, I usually shave my head every two weeks and uh-huh. you know keep it a number two. It's tight. Uh-huh. And uh, because I've got uh, you know uh, nobody's cutting hair right now, sure. starting to grow out. Yeah. So. Uh, my wife, uh, this morning, I get up and I'm, you know, got crossed in my eyes and my, you know, uh, sheet uh, seams on my face oh, and, man. you know, drool in my beard. Oh, and, you're a disaster. Oh, do not wake up next to me. Yeah, <laughs> kick me out of bed or leave before. But uh, she looks at me. <laughs> do you roll over and just go? <laughs> no, that's what people see when they look at me. Yeah. And, uh, and so she goes, huh. <laughs> She just said, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I, as I was scratching my butt walking into the bathroom, she goes, no, wait, 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 wait. wait. Do you put your underwear like halfway down so your crack's hanging out and your hand is down there and you're uh, like- uh, Do you want to know the honest answer? Yeah. It's automatic. I have no idea. <laughs> I just get up and do it. I'm like, oh. And so as I go to the bathroom, she goes, huh. And I look back. I'm like, what? And she goes, I could tell your hair is long. It's actually standing up on one side. And sure enough, in the in the mirror, there it was. And uh, my beard was crushed to one side, and my hair was crushed to the other side. And I love her oh. response. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Years of bliss right there. Anyway, he says, uh, on show 106 during No. Huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> huh. You know, we should get a bite of her or a drop of her doing, huh. Yeah. We just- <laughs> You know what? She because she's a, a school uh, superintendent. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very good at she's having got a that, real job. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that's why I can do this one. Yeah. Uh, she's really good at having that judgy 
uh, sort of like really disappointed in you sort of thing oh, going dude, on. She's got that and she's got Latina. So yeah, she's so got, it's like double down. You're, you're screwed. Yeah, so uh, maybe we need a point, uh, some sort of uh, a drop of her just being disappointed. Now, in is a huh from her like a like a. I Not mean, anymore. A, Maybe. No. Yeah. Well, I'm or, a, or is it more like a dart? No, no. no I'm, I'm emotionally broken now, so <laughs> it doesn't affect me the, doesn't. the way it used to. Uh, he says, on show 106 during the Know Your Notes segment, in the second to last clip, you could clearly hear the infamous GMLS knock that almost all 5.3s make. I nailed a couple of them. Always a fun challenge. The Nissan MV2500 and the Land Rover Rock Crawler had me stumped. I had myself convinced one was an Infiniti QX80 which may be the same as the Nissan NV2500, so maybe I was correct. They share some stuff. Uh, exhaust note would be different, things like that, but uh, same drivetrain and stuff. And the other was a Toyota Sequoia, but I was completely wrong on that one. I have three vehicles I need to record and send you. Two of them should be easy. The third might be a bit of a challenge with modified exhaust, but it's extremely common engine, so you might get it. Hmm. You should follow up uh, the King of the Hammers event with a show interviewing a few of the competitors. My buddy Jason Sherrod did a fantastic Talent Tank podcast interview. In addition to Jason and a few others, including Nick Nelson, Lauren Healy, Vaughn Gittin Jr., are quite colorful personalities that would make a great show. Uh, we have our link out to Vaughn and team. I actually know Vaughn. We've been on a few SEMA panels and stuff together, and we've gotten to know him a little bit. And uh, he was asking when we could come on, and then we just got busy with all the craziness in the world. Um, but uh, we will have Vaughn on soon, as you guys know. Uh, races everything, and he also has his line of uh, RTR awesome pickups. Turns and out stuff. he's uh, a talented individual. Oh, what's that like? Uh, <laughs> my kids love. Maybe the sh- someday we'll find out. Yeah, I don't think so. Oh yeah. Uh, well, maybe if we meet him. Uh-huh. Uh, my kids love the show too. Our favorite jingle is vroom 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 vroom. <laughs> from know your notes. Uh, five stars. Five star review. Five stars. And mounted parameters. This one's from Lars. And the subject line says, Get your freaking glasses on, Lightning. <laughs> well, and for the, what? The line, the, there's only oh, one, there's only one let sentence. Me, let here. me be honest. I'm already on board with them. I just want to know which thing he's referring to. Let's find out. All right. Read the damn email again, Lightning. I just checked. It says real with an L, Lars. <laughs> okay. Uh, got nothing. I don't remember I, that one. I don't have the faintest idea what he's referring to. I mean, to. I like that he's chastising you. It makes me laugh and feel warm and fuzzy on the inside. Wow. I uh, take great pleasure knowing people uh, hate you more than they hate me. Lars, what the hell? <laughs> I don't even have a clue what you're talking about. Don't come at me like that, brother. Truckshowpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com if you have any idea what Lars is talking about. Uh-oh. Lightning thrown through the round file. Come on. Are you going to make a basket? I can't see it. Oh. Well, come on. Oh, dude, Trick I shot. I'm not going to make it in there because you've got to cover it up with paper. Guy per- was it Dude Perfect? Yeah, Dude come Perfect. Come on, you got it. I got it. Yeah! Oh, high five. Oh, we broke the seal right there. We oh. broke the uh, distance. Uh-oh. Right there, yeah. Oh. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. No, that we was special didn't. effects. Where's the hand sanitizer? <laughs> oh, yeah. Hold on. Wiping, I'm wiping my jeans now. Oh, you didn't get any from Sean along with your 150 rolls of toilet paper? <laughs> uh, he was out of Purell. Somebody else uh, took the uh, took all that from him. Oh, he's got hand sanitizer now. <laughs> yeah. He's got cases of it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh. Okay, well, listen. Uh, if there's any takeaway from this show, it's that I was disappointed you didn't like. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I went to great lengths by to the, get that. By the way, I mean, listen to the guttural tone of that. Yeah, but he was, he was pretty. He was pretty yeah, uh, buddy. No, he was stoked on this one. Well, I'm just glad you found it. 
Yeah, buddy. All right, so here's the thing. We talked about Know Your Notes. All right, so we talked about Know Your Note, but really what we need is your voice messages. We want uh, questions, comments. We want concerns. you to call us. Your concerns? Yeah, well, we don't <laughs> want Storytelling? Storytelling is good, uh, yeah. Things you like about Lightning. I want them to suggest license plates, custom license uh, plates yes. for the for the 66. Yeah. Uh, so and if the you've got one, yeah, and, and yeah, <laughs> exactly. 657-205-6105. That's 657-205-6105. It's a five-star hotline. Leave us a message. Five star. Five star. Five star. Hotline. And give my man Lightning some affirmations. You're good enough, you're smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like you. I don't think they do. <laughs> the truck show, the truck show, the truck show. Oh, oh. And don't forget to uh, hit us up on our socials at Truck Show Podcast across the majors, except for Twitter because we don't consider that major. You never just. I can't leave it alone. Why? Because somebody will go to Twitter. No, they're one not. One of our 86 people, and they'll be like, eh. No, those can't find them. No, those 86 people are just bots. Are they all bots? Yeah, they're bots. No, because one guy emailed us and said that he was one of them. He's a bot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, listen, here's what we want you to do. If you can, get down to your local Nissan dealer, check out a Titan, right? Or just go to NissanUSA.com. Five-year, 100,000-mile warranty on the most amazing truck. 5.6-liter V8 endurance engine with 400 horsepower stock. You like, like that, that, don't you? Yeah, I do. I love the exhaust note. Yeah, you did. My favorite part. Uh, I like the value. And the five-year, 100,000-mile warranty, NissanUSA.com. How are you feeling about decked, though? Uh, I want to do a Tetris challenge. Uh, if I went to the warehouse right now, pulled out the truck tread van, and unloaded the deck drawers, and did a Tetris challenge of all the crap we have in those things, uh, it would probably be too many megapixels for, uh, for deck. I'll bet that you can put... 200 rolls of toilet paper in deck uh, drawers. You know that that's not where I'm keeping them. <laughs> no. Waterproof, <laughs> dustproof, and lockable. Oh, yeah. It meets my requirement and criteria for TP storage. All right, Lightning, I'm going to I'm gonna sex it up. <laughs> what, for Anova? Yeah, because you know what Anova stands for? No. Hold on. Let me give you some more bass. Hang tight. Let me just roll this on. Trim this down. Uh, let me hear your, uh, your sexy voice. I love the Anova so much. I want to tell you about it. This kind of sound, sounds like you're uh, talking to a sweat sock. Sorry about that. Just Lightning. <laughs> Look into my eyes <laughs> while I tell you all about Innova. Mm-hmm. A U.S. company with over 30 years of experience. Mm-hmm. Experience that offers a comprehensive diagnostic tool line yeah. for all 96 to current vehicles. Do you realize that the Repair Solutions 2 app provides ASE certified fixes that are custom tailored by year? By make, oh yes, by model two. And have been cross-referenced for accuracy against the most comprehensive vehicle database of its kind. You know, Innova tools are available at all large automotive retailers. Innova.com. I-N-N-O-B-A. Like having your own personal automotive technician in your toolbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go get you some of that Innova sweetness. 
It sounds like you're broadcasting from inside a coffin. <laughs> inside a deck box. Can, uh, can you let me out now? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Manamana.